I'm Sean Clark, and today I'm on Phantasm Podcast. Welcome to Horror's Holograms. Phantasm. This is Tobias from Cut Up. You're listening to Phantasm Podcast. What's up, motherfuckers? This is Brian from Vital Remains. You're listening to Phantasm Podcast. Hail Satan. This is Dr. Ross Stewart from Exhumed and Impaled, and you're listening to the Phantasm Podcast. Phantasm. What the fuck is up, motherfuckers? And welcome to another episode of the Phantasm Podcast. With me, as always, Dr. Vincent West. Good evening. And uh, we have a special treat for you guys. This is a uh, episode we've been wanting to do for a long time for you guys. It's uh, We have our first uh, horror guest for you guys. Um, you know, we've, we've packed it with death metal for a while and we we fucking love all the guests we've had so far thank you to all the great guests and interviews we've had so far it's been it's been fucking awesome and a privilege and uh we're so humbled to uh have been able to talk to the people we have it's been it's been really fucking great uh but today we have uh sean clark of horrors hollowed grounds and uh he also was a writer for horror hound and he's a he's a big fucking part of, of horror and what it is today. And uh, you know he uh, is a very ambitious guy, and we really uh, you know admire his work. And we're you know huge fans, just like he is. And he gets to go out to these fucking all these awesome locations for these films. And uh, one of them, which is uh, he actually said, spoiler alert, was one of his his probably his favorite that he shot is Halloween 3 and that is the uh, film we have for you today the season of the witch so I'm pretty excited about that yeah John Carpenter did the music for this film I guess is my favorite thing as a kid about this film I love it I know a lot of people don't like this film because uh, Michael Myers isn't in it but it's a great film. I think it plays great on its own. Maybe if it didn't say Halloween 3, maybe if it just said Season of the Witch, then people wouldn't have such a stick. Well, what they wanted to do with this, what John Carpenter had in mind, was uh, make like a new anthology out of this Every property. Every yeah. Yeah, and have it just a new story set around the mythos of what Halloween is. And, yeah, you the know, Akkad family wasn't having it. And right. And here they, comes Michael Myers again. And here we are in Northern California underneath the... Uh, Overpass here, when uh, what's her name's dad is running to the to the gas it's station. It's October twenty third, but hey, kids, guess what? It's actually June 9th. <laughs> but hey, it's every day. It's always Halloween. For every us. day is Halloween. You know, uh, this film takes on more of the uh, witchcraft, uh, Celtic folklore uh, edge to it. It's pretty. It's pretty different. There's still. It's almost regarded as more of a science fiction horror film because there's so much just uh, weird elements put into this. You know, there's kind of a cyborg-esque element to it, you know, like an artificial human being element that's put in here. Yeah, Um, definitely. It's a lot. It's still got the thriller essence that Halloween brings to the table. It's very, uh, you know, you're thrown into the mix. You don't know what the fuck's going on. This guy's getting hunted down. He's trying to... You know, get away from these goons driving around, and who are obviously, you know, later on you find out, of course, they're the Silver Shamrock, uh, you know, henchmen or whatever. So, uh, <clears throat> and 
if you watch the Horrors Hollowed Grounds um, feature on this Scream Factory Blu-ray of Halloween 3, uh, if you're not familiar with, with that feature, he, he's done it on a lot of releases, and he starts hit for hit with this movie. Uh, starts out where he's running from the henchmen, you know, in the overpass. Sean does. It's really it's a really funny scene. And, you know, he introduces himself, like, this is Sean Clark of, you know, and you're watching Horror's Hollow Grounds, and he just <laughs> goes right to all these locations, and it's just uh, a real a real treat when you pay money for these releases and you get something so unique and uh, really something for the fans. It's pretty cool. So, uh, and this junkyard and stuff, it's still there. You know, a lot of these locations on this film... <coughs> are very much the same as they were only with this location the cars weren't there anymore but they uh you know they I think they just packed a lot of cars in here for the scene but um it's interesting I didn't know that no then the gas station they go to is right next to this like you can basically walk walk right to it it's not a very long walk to the uh gas station where you see later um so yeah this this film is just very fucking different. Um, it's my favorite Halloween movie. I know I get a lot of shit for that, but is it really? This one really is just—it's just a fun movie, and it's—it is fun. I enjoy that it's what they were trying to do with it. They wanted to, you know, release a different, a different uh, story under the Halloween moniker, and just have like an actual Halloween universe, if you will. So, I thought that was very ambitious. Of course, at the time, nobody gave a shit. You know. Uh, you know, it's 1982. You know, there's people are wanting Michael Myers when they go see a Halloween movie. They're like, "What the fuck? This where's Michael Myers at?" It's like, "Well, this is different. We're gonna try and we don't want to." You know, John Carpenter didn't want to do, you know, eight Michael Myers movies. He wanted to to do something different after the you know after the first two movies. I feel like he was he was uh, comfortable with with the story of Michael Myers and that it ended, and everything was fine and dandy, but. When you release a slasher film, of course, there's not going to be just two films. There's, they're just going to keep pushing them out until um, the demand is lost. So I think this film, just the time that it was coming out was when sequels were already getting pumped out from, you know, of course, Friday the 13th was getting sequels pumped out. Um, you know, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street sequels were getting pumped out. So... When you've already had two Halloween films, and then the third one is is just something completely new and fresh. Uh, I guess at the time and the age of, of cinema at the time was uh, not prepared to toy with it and just you know. Really I like this. Different. I saw it at the theater. <clears throat> yeah, it's great. I saw it at a drive-in, and then I saw it at a regular theater that used to be inside of a mall. Yeah, that's amazing. When I was a kid at Perimeter Mall, if <laughs> anybody hears from uh, Georgia. Now, is it the one we went to that's like all run down now? Yeah. It's pretty sad. It looks like a... Uh, I don't know, man. There's like no stores that I've ever heard of that are in that mall. It's went to shit. I mean, it's just depressing. It's I, I have fond memories of, it, but yeah, I actually saw it. This weird because we went through this earlier this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw this at that mall. Wow. And, uh, but yeah, pretty cool. I mean, I this movie there's this movie sort of plays for itself. It's weird. Like when I first saw it, I've always liked it. I don't know why. Like I. It's just different. I, it didn't bother me because it saying Halloween three is what's misleading about it, right? But to me, I never had an issue with it. I don't know. I guess 
I'm different. I mean, it was Halloween. It was still California. Right. Um, it's still Tommy. You know, Tommy Lee Wallace did a fucking great job with this film. Uh, well, now the original, you know, that's supposed to be in Illinois, but right, hadn't filmed all that stuff. But it, it was shot in California, right. so it's all the same flavor. Right. But what's interesting, I thought about this movie, um, and you guys will hear this later with our uh, interview with Sean from Horror's Hollow Grounds. Uh, a lot of location shooting on this is the same as The Fog. Yeah. Which is really cool. That if you guys cool. don't know, you can go check it out on iTunes. We have an episode. Uh, Corey could probably tell you which one. I don't know. We did an episode where we actually watched The Fog. So. Number seven, I believe. Okay. Right before our uh, Brian interview of Vital I just Remains. don't know what the... Oh, is that? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It was the one right before that. Okay. Um, um, fun fact, you know, the, the little assassin androids or whatever, like the, uh, the henchmen... Uh, Dick Warlock plays. Yeah, one he's of the main one, which is awesome. You know, he's the recurring one. Throwback to Halloween too. And uh, now we have one of Corey and I's favorite actors, in my opinion, gets no love in the business. Absolutely love this guy, and that is Tom, motherfucking Atkins. Yep, love him. He's this great. film wouldn't have been the film without him. I no, mean, he's great. Doctor Chalice is just a great character. You know, he's a he's a day drinker. He's a family man, but you can you know he's kind of lost his touch with himself and he's just a very he's a relatable character you know even though I'm not a doctor like like uh, Mr. West over here I can't relate to the to Dr. Chalice and I that, had that, and that haircut regard. too we also have the return of Scott's haircut Halloween uh, Dr. West haircut yes my Halloween hair. 3 this is the third time we've seen your haircut yep my haircut is definitely in this awesome. the original OG when I was a kid uh, there it is <clears throat> But yeah, my I've, babysitter Scott used to <laughs> laugh at my haircut. That's what I was talking about. But anyway, but yeah, <clears throat> pretty cool. And I'm wearing my There's skull mask, ones. watching the Silver Shamrock logo. Uh, I'd like to also mention right here. This is this is a huge part of this, as far as I'm concerned. Um, another reoccurring character, as it, well, it's the ties to. You know, to Halloween is Tommy Lee Wallace's wife, mm-hmm. which is right there. Which is she plays Doctor Chalice's wife in this film. And why is she unaccredited for this? Because that was her. It's a Halloween throwback, kids. Uh, I want to mention something cool while I'm. Uh... I'll get back to that in a second if that's okay. Yeah. You go to houseofmysteriouscecrets.com. They have, you know, uh, a lot of horror movie stuff. They have t-shirts. They have, <coughs> they have uh, patches. But what they also have is they have they have quite a bit of uh, uh, Michael Myers masks, which are really cool. But they have exact prop replicas of the three Silver Shamrock Halloween masks for Crazy. sale. They're fifty bucks. The which one is is sixty bucks. And the witch one being probably the scariest, but the one I've always liked oddly is the pumpkin one. I, th- I just think it's pretty cool. I like the skull one. Yeah, and the skull one's awesome. They have all three of them. Yeah. And then uh, it says this mask is an identical replica of the mask created by Connell Cochran to kill innocent children on Halloween night, which is an awesome description. Um, it was sculpted by their art director Justin Mabry and is based on numerous screenshots to make it the most screen accurate mask ever released. Now, this is only 50 fucking bucks, and here's the kicker right here. The mask includes the silver shamrock power chip, 
which I said on a previous episode, I don't remember which one it is. Um, I said if they actually, I think we were on an interview actually with uh, Ross maybe. Um, I said that if they made those masks and they had the power chip thing, I would actually kind of be afraid to buy it and put it on. But uh, there you go. I will own one of these. Here's the picture of the. <laughs> you know, if they are exactly. Right, I just imagined great. you in it. That's why I was laughing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's it's called HouseOfMysteriousSecrets.com, and they have all three of these masks. They have a lot of other cool shit. You know, they have a Fulci zombie mask. You know, with the maggots coming out of that mask because it's pretty cool. And there's the skull one for you. Awesome. Yeah, and they're all like you know proper replicas, and it's only fifty bucks. It's really not a bad deal for the no, not at all. Prop, you know, you can get a, a shittier mask that isn't even from anything for more expensive. So, right, you know, and that's actually scary as fuck. The, cool, the witch. Yeah, one. it is. The witch one being the most expensive, but yeah, uh, cool website. Got a lot of cool shit. They got a lot of patches and uh, t-shirts, and they have a Unita medical supply patch, which is pretty awesome, and that's from Eternal Living Dead, of course. Uh, which we get into with with Sean. He has a pretty good experience with that. Uh, with the upcoming Return of the Living Dead release from Scream Factory that comes out July 19th. Uh, you can check out Sean's Horrors uh, Hollowed Grounds on that release when it comes out, which I'm very, very excited about. Or any of the um, other releases. Yeah, yeah of He's course. on a bunch of stuff. but he, <clears throat> Yeah, and we'll, we'll get into that later on when we, we get this interview out to you. Uh, much later right now in the film of course if you guys are following along at home um, we are currently at 14 minutes and 23 seconds and you will know by this part that what's her name's dad has just been fucking murdered right in his hospital and there's your mask there's the mask Nancy Keys is Tom Atkins wife is what I was trying to get to earlier she's unaccredited in this film she played Annie in Halloween and Halloween 2 right and she was also in The Fog. She's been in a shitload of John stuff. Uh, uh, it's it's just cool that she's in here. So you, you, even this movie is not John Carpenter, it still has John swimming through it. John did the score. You know what else is a funny know. tidbit? The announcer for the Silver Shamrock commercials, that's Tommy Lee Wallace. That's fine. How funny is that? That's pretty funny. <laughs> I just think that's really awesome. I would... I would kill to like meet him and be like, "Hey, man, can you do a, a voicemail for me?" And just be like, uh, "Gather around, kids." So is, it, is this <laughs> your a message movie with Tom in it? Um, yeah, I'd, I'd really like the Chalice character. I think he's like pretty I, awesome. Like I said, he's very relatable. Um, he's very human. He doesn't seem artificial at all. And you know, of course, everything around him is artificial because this you is know, fucking awesome. This guy just here. douses himself in the fucking. It's just so fucking awesome, this whole scene. This movie is just batshit. It's like, you don't know what the fuck is going on. You're basically, you know, you're uncovering everything as it happens, just like the characters, and that's really an awesome element to do, um, you know, to be a part of. Tom will always have a special place in my heart because he played opposite... um, Opposite Lee Van Cleef in Escape from New York. um, Oh, of course. Which is my favorite... I mean, this is my favorite thing with him in it because he's actually in this, in this. He's not really in Escape from New York. He's in it, but it's more of a bit role. Right. Um, so, yeah. It's good stuff, man. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's just a shitty thing that this film wasn't successful at the time because 
you know, it's just wasn't what people wanted at the time, you know, and I think that for what it was and what they tried to do so early with the franchise, it really speaks volumes for the character that John is and how, you know, how ambitious of a filmmaker he is to want to just, okay, we did two Halloweens, now this one's going to be something brand new. We're not continuing the Michael Myers thing. You know, that, that takes balls to just try something new. When you know that what's working with your formula is, is, is popping off and you're getting success out of it, and then you try and change your style, um, I think that speaks volumes for, for John's character, and I really you know, respect him for this film because this is just such a good fucking film. Tommy Lee Wallace um, was supposed to direct Halloween 2. Really? That Rosenthal guy got it when Tommy turned it down. But I believe he was picked by Universal. He wasn't picked by John. He right. may have been picked by Deborah Hill, but I don't think he was picked by John. Um, not, you know, I, I want to kind of go into that a minute. I'm not a fan of Halloween 2. A lot of people like that movie. I, if I'm going to watch Halloween, I'm going to watch the first fucking film. That's my favorite. Right. Um, if I'm going to... And honestly, I would rather watch some of the later ones. Halloween 2 has a really bad flow to it. It's like... Hey, it's big budget and, and it's too brightly lit. Here's Michael Myers. I just I don't know. Yeah, the, the and only... I'm going to take shit for that, but I don't care. I'm just not a huge fan of that film. It has a weird flow to it. I do like it, and everybody likes it because Michael Myers is in it. It's like it's Dick Warlock. It's not even it's not even the original shape. It's not even you know it's not. It's uh, it's okay. I like it okay, but it just uh, I don't know. I tried watching it recently. It just I don't know. All right. Um... Really, you know, I liked the film when I was growing up uh, a little more than Halloween 3, you know, when I was getting older. I'd rather watch this. Um, yeah, me too, especially now. Um, I've really grown to love this film, and um, I mean, I always have, but I don't know, it was it was a little harder to understand when I was younger, what the fuck was going on. Um, well, in a lot of ways, this movie just kind of starts and ends. It's not yeah, really, I think yeah. it's supposed to do that. Though. But there are a lot, it all makes sense, you know. <coughs> the sure. build The build-up is great, there's always tension, there's always what-the-fuck moments, and like, you're trying to figure it out as the characters are, and it all culminates and makes perfect sense when it's over, because that's, you know, unlike the Italian horror films we watch, these movies make sense all right. the time. But you're saying what-the-fuck because the characters don't even know what's going on. Right. In Italian films, I don't think they even try to understand, which is fine. Um, there's just a funny thing we all touched on with, with the you know the Ross episode, which was great. Um, but with Halloween two, when I was younger, I was way more into just straight kill scenes and slasher stuff, uh, which God, I, I still I still am. I don't think there's enough of it. I still am, and that's it the problem. In that film. I I like you know some of the kills in that movie, but you know I feel like they're more built up for the kill than it is to the actual kill happening, you know what I mean? Like, it's built up to where it's gonna happen, and then what happens it doesn't pay off, really. But I think I like maybe the, I don't know, I, I, I love the boogeyman aspect of the first movie because it's in a neighborhood, anything can happen, you know, you're I know, him it's prowling more, around a hospital is kind of weird. Yeah, it's like, I'm not, I'm usually never in a hospital, so I can't put myself in the shoes of the, of the employees at the hospital and then feel afraid of if I, I like horror movies to, to make me think about where I am and if I'm. You safe. know what saves Halloween too? What's that? Where where I will still say that I like it instead of you know if I give something five stars I give that movie three stars. What, what the saving grace of that film is 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 uh, um, 
Well, no. Yes. For me, the saving grace of that film is Donald Pleasance. Yeah, of course. That's it. And, but it still just seems weird. It's like he's running around town trying to, and he's at a hospital all day. It's just, I don't know, the movie, it's not some, I don't, when I, it's weird. Like, it just doesn't run, it doesn't run the way that I want it to. I don't know. Yeah. It just, and of course now we're in the, the bar. The Buccaneer, which it is called. Didn't With, ask. Uh, didn't ask Tom. if it was called that the whole time. I think it's always been the Buccaneer, because the bar is still very much the same today. Yeah, man, it looks still just like fully this. functioning. Um, of course, for this movie, you know, we made the lighting. There's the nod to the OG Halloween. Notice he didn't do the two straight up with the one. Yep, because John doesn't like part two. Perfect. Oh, I will say this uh, to tell Halloween fans this real quick. I do like Halloween 2, the television version, which is included with the Scream Factory Blu-ray set, or if you have only a box place set, you can get it. That. I like better than the theatrical version. You know why? John cut it. Yeah. John edited that film and oh, reshot. I can see it. that. You know where he said. Uh, sorry, this is going to Sean interview. No, you're fine. Way later, but you know where he said. You know that when you go there now to the to the location in this bar that's still very much uh, functioning. Uh, there's a window there where um, you know Ellie walks in to the scene to meet Doctor Chalice, and. Uh, you know, now there's it, it was like a wall in the movie, but now it's a it's a window. But Sean shed some light on it. <laughs> shed some light on, it, huh? And he said that um, you know he thinks it's always been a window, but they added stuff onto it because uh, you know to make it darker in there and stuff like that. Yeah, so, I definitely. And think by that's watching true. it right now, you can see that it's like they had built some kind of a wall thing. And you can see the light from the window coming out of it, so it's daytime. You know, um, it's not through the door. It's like, so I can totally see that it is actually has always been a window there, but they they put almost like a wall over it, so it looks like you know, so it makes it darker and more, you know, it's more vibrant in there. And I've always liked the uh, uh, just like I've said before on the fog episode and stuff like that. John Carpenter. Has such an amazing sense of, uh, you know, cinematography, and I think Tommy knocks it out of the park in this movie. Well, well. the the cor- the <clears throat> connection there. I, I mean, the colors I, stick out where they're supposed I, to, and and Scream the, Factory just fucking nails it by bringing this back out, and it looks so fucking good. The connection that. though is Dean Cumley. Yeah, it's Dean just, didn't work on all of John's stuff. But he worked on a shitload of I it. mean, he's just fantastic. And you can tell with Tommy using him in this, that's why this film... I've even had people go, I know that's a John Carpenter. I'm like, no, it's not. It's Tommy Wallace. John just did the score. Is because you... It feels like it because Dean is the one that shot the motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it just looks so fantastic. I mean, he's under direction of Tommy and Tommy, but Tommy and John, if a lot of people don't know this out there, I'll share this with you. Tommy and John were buddies and went to school together. They went to film school together. Right. So... There's the connection there. They Tommy also worked with John uh, on Dark Star, yeah, uh, which I love and own that. Uh, not something I'm ever going to bring to the table on the podcast. It's right. science fiction and it's kind of campy. John, still it is. I still own it. It's awesome. But I think you know. they live is as far off the path as we'll go. But it's still well, kind of horror. You know, it's, you know, still it's, it's it, it it fit for. Uh, and we hope you guys enjoyed that for the uh, Michael Smith episode. It was uh, it was really cool. You know, so. Right, and here we got the. Uh, this is actually the location right here where he just leaves the mask shop. He's on the uh, payphone and he's got his Schlitz 
fucking ready to go, get fucking trashed, shit hammered. And across the street where they're not showing you is the church. Oh, that's High Life, baby. Yeah. I thought it was a school. That's High Life. High Life? Okay. You want to go in, go in for the Zoom? Let's do it. No, I, I believe it. Um, but across the street here where they're not showing you is, See the, if church, I'm wrong. is the, uh, the church from the fog. Yes. Which is fucking amazing. Which we'll, you guys will hear about that later. We actually yeah, that does look like High Life. That's High Life. Oh, it's straight up High Life. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's fucking Miller time for the doctor. And he's, I mean, he's fucking running to his car to get this goddamn beer out there. He's going to, him and Ellie are going to go do some fucking surveillance and covert ops together. They're going to try and figure out what happened to Al, or, you know, Harry in the film. Al's the actor. What did say this city uh, was Pyramodre? Is that? Yes, I believe so, yeah. And then here's the. Beautiful. Oh, it's great. And then, um, you know, when they go to Santa Mira, it's just, uh, it still looks the same, which is crazy. You know, the factory's still there, and, and you know, uh, he even said, uh, Sean said, you know, I keep coming back to him, it was so fun to do that whole thing. Uh, uh, that drive that you see that they're going through right now in this film, we're at uh, 25 minutes, 28 seconds for you. Uh, you know, that's the long drive they actually had to make to go out here to well, Lolita, right? Yes. Is uh, the Santa Mira of, you know, and they scouted so fucking hard to find this location, but Tommy knew exactly what he wanted, and when he found it, he would know. And that means this is Northern California, I believe. Yeah, and they they looked everywhere. Like far north, yeah. like up near it's Washington State. Yeah, yeah. It's it is beautiful out. though. No, it's great. And uh, you know the cool thing about the the Horace Hollow Grounds thing is, as fans, we're already so enthralled to see these locations now and and how they've stood the test of time. But it also, it even though you feel a part of it, that he's there and you can see. As a fan, it's like you're with him walking around with him. Right. Um, it's also makes you want to go there yourself even more than you did before, you know? Like, it, you know, to actually... Dick Warlock, kids. Yeah. To actually see see somebody going around the town like, hey, that's where this was, and that's where this was. Don't you awesome. bank at Shamrock Savings? I do, yeah. You all can send, very dona- good to me. send donations to uh, Seagor Christ or V. West... <laughs> care of Shamrock Savings in line. Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. I would do a GoFundMe. But Big the, Brother. Yeah, and then you got the... Uh, yeah, it's it's weird. This is, is kind of a conspiracy theorist sort of thing going on in this. Oh, this it is. is definitely Big Brother. It of. is. It's, you know... But, but there's more to it. You go into a town where the whole town... No, this almost plays like an X-Files episode. Yeah, the whole town's controlled by a different force. It does play like an episode. It's, I mean, the X-Files took from this. It's not know. necessarily aliens, but I've seen... A ton of X File episodes where you're trying to uncover the bigger story of what's going on with what's this fucking weird town. Are? You know, I mean, like that weird. And a lot of X a lot of X File stuff. There's that weird town that's obviously being run by something else. You know. Can you back just for a sec for me? Sorry, everybody. We're gonna fix it. I just. I, right, we're backing this. up. So if you're, uh, you want to pause it real quick, we'll. We're just trying to find what this, what this sign was right here. That's right before this. Is it this? Yeah, right there. Railroad Avenue. Railroad Avenue. Makes sense. That's only what it is. Okay, we're starting back at 2714. So when we get to the spot you're at that you're paused on, uh, hit play again. So if you're playing along, guys, we, we really appreciate you uh, popping in these films when we do them. Um, you know, because we don't do this live, so you have enough time to prepare. Like, okay, these... 
These motherfuckers are doing Halloween 3. you got to put it in my player. Let's do this. So Anyway, sorry about that. <laughs> that makes Just, sense. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, here's the uh, where they fuck. Uh Tom and Ellie, but it, what's what's cool about the or the doctor, or whatever. But what's what's awesome about this is uh, if you guys watch the Horrors Hollow Ground episode for this film, uh, you'll enjoy the interview uh, with Sean when we discuss some stuff about when this he did that. Yeah. Yes, because uh, which we're going to leave that as a surprise. It's pretty funny. It's very funny. It's also uh, very real. Yeah, it's. Stuff. Wasn't staged. Stuff. Was not staged. No, it was. Uh, but this is actually run down now. This, this, you know, I think they're turn them into apartments more or less. Yes, um, they're not the motel, but you can still go in there, and <clears throat> it's pretty fucking cool. I want to also say something else. I had mentioned this on podcast back, and here's Connell Cochran. You know, uh, throwing his dick around at everybody. Of course, you don't see him, but he's. Getting chauffeured around in, in his little vehicle there. The Halloween 3 that Universal released last year that's bare bones actually looks better than the Scream Factor one. Yeah, I've heard you told Which me I that, need yeah. to get you a copy because yeah. it's. There's nothing the, on it, but it's. I mean, it's unbelievable. That was looking. the main film you told me, and we, we, I think we've mentioned this before on a few. We have. Podcasts. I've brought it up. Yeah, yeah. We've been wanting to do a play by play of uh, you know comparing the screens. And of course, that wouldn't even take very long. It's just. We don't have to play the whole movie with both screens, but it would be awesome if we did something for the podcast anyway, where we have that we have both discs and we got it somehow. We can we can do that for everybody. I think would be cool. Um, of course, here we got the uh, the Winnebago family, you know, coming out for vacation. Um, very very uh, National Lampoon style, I think, which is just funny. Um, and he almost got fucking ran over. And you can tell, you know, that's that lady who gets her fucking head blown off later, which is great. Um, you know, you get to see some of the people... Glad I never had to travel in a Winnebago. Yeah, private. It looks very smelly just from the people. Uh, you know, in this scene you get to see a lot of the the towns townsfolk and also other travelers that are just coming in from other parts of the city. So, uh... It's very interesting. You're you're getting a a good feel for everything, and um, you know you can tell with the chaos of Halloween coming around. Everybody's trying to buy those fucking masks because they're mass marketing it and everything, and uh, people are uptight. You know they're getting ready for this bullshit to be over. What they don't realize is that everything's going to be over. <laughs> yeah, it's just starting. But um. Now, when they put this film out, they marketed it where they actually had those masks. I believe they were like 25 bucks or something. Did you have one of the masks when you were a kid? The only mask, no. I, 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 I wasn't old enough out. to be that nerdy reading right. horror magazines. I don't even know if Fangoria had started yet. If it had, it was, I still wasn't really... Because I was like... I mean, this, this came out in 82. I think that was one of the so. first covers. I think the guy that did the, the artwork, you know, with the kids and the witch... Did the artwork for ET? And that makes sense because it's and Universal. That's the the Halloween three. You know that original poster art was put on a Fangoria cover. Well, what I wanted to tell you about it was though what I do remember. Oh wait, right here is this the announcer? She said the curfew. 
You can leave the vo- well, just that, the volume up for a little while. You want to? That announcer right there, ladies and gentlemen, that's Lori Stroud. That's uh, Jamie Lee Curtis herself. That's awesome. As the uh, the just announcer. Leave it up for a while. Okay. There's something well, weird with it. Doctor ordered. We'll. Uh, there are, there's actually no subtitles on this film. So we kind of need something to go with here. Which we can, you know, we know this fucking movie anyway. Um, yeah, I've but... watched it more times than a lot of the horror movies I have. But, uh, you know, we'll we'll leave the volume up a little for you guys just to, so we can still keep track. And uh, I think it'll just be, it'll just be fun. Because I really love this movie with the... The, the interesting thing... And I got off track there, but the interesting thing oh. that, that I thought was, you you asked about the mask. There was yeah. the rubber band style you could get of the skeleton. Right. Is that what they were doing with those? It wasn't a full... You couldn't get the witch. Right. They didn't make the witch. They just made the skeleton and the pumpkin. I'm not saying they're like officially licensed, but right. that was... That was but a, they did do a marketing for this film where they had the mask, as official as it can be. Um, I'm sure it was probably something mail order out of the back of a magazine, but yeah, as a kid, I was still really young. It's like, right. I I just remember the ones I could get as a little kid because I had the skull one. Right. I mean, I just bought it around Halloween because I wanted it, not because I was going to wear it for Halloween because I <laughs> went as something else. I went as like a uh, Captain Kirk or something. I'm not really sure what I went as. You know, right. Vulcan, something. But I got... <laughs> That skull mask because I thought it was bitching and I'd run around wearing it while I played outside and stuff. That's cool. Right. So. I want to also tell everybody that I have had such a stressful week. I'm going to drink as much as Tom Atkins does in this film at some point. <laughs> probably later tonight or early in tomorrow morning. Probably early into tomorrow morning because I'm a weird drinker when I drink, but no smoking though. We'll leave that for Tom. <laughs> Stop listening. Sorry about that. We had a uh, Xbox One intervention. We got the scene with Jonathan Terry here, who's the, uh, who's Starker, which, you know, is, uh, I guess he's an ex-employee of the, uh, of the what Silver Shamrock Factory. He was in Return of the Living Dead 2, actually. What else was he in? He's been in something that I've seen. Uh, Hit the TV stuff. Because it's driving me nuts. Let's see. 80s TV. Well, I know he's in uh, Return of the Living Dead 2. He's, uh, fuck. He's the Colonel. He's Colonel Glover. He's Colonel Fuck. And he's in Return of the Living Dead, too, the first one at the end. Um, yeah, Colonel Fuck. Um, I don't know what else he's been in. I'm not I'm not finding anything on that. No television stuff? Are you on Wikipedia or Internet Movie Database? I'm on Wikipedia right now. Let me try and find. I mean to nerd out with you there. I, I'm just curious what else he's... I, I know he's been in a lot of stuff. I've seen him in a lot of stuff. I saw him in a lot of stuff growing up as a kid. I just don't remember what all he was in. He was in a lot of shit, though, when I was a kid. I remember him being in a lot of shit. Let me find it. Let's see. Uh, or maybe he just looks familiar to me and it's not him. But. John's music. He's in Cold Case. Okay. He's in Monk. Okay. Beverly Hills 90210. 
That is one of the places I remember him from. T.J. Hooker, that had to have been it. I was just watching that before I came over today. <laughs> His doctor, uh, Director Rivera. T.J. Hooker has William Shatner, and if you all don't know what that is. And oh, and you'll know him from this, too. I'm sure he's in Cheers. Oh, okay. Same, yeah. same year he did this movie. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's and definitely there stuff the doctor Dick watched. Warlock, which I've met, and he was very nice. And he also lives in Johnson City, Tennessee, which is really weird. Wow. Actually... I take that back. He somewhere in between there in Bristol, maybe Kingsport. I don't know. But he yeah. looks like Roddy McDowell in this film. He was really nice when I met him. You agree? With and that? it was free. Yeah, was I met like him when I met Dick Warlock that plays Swamp Thing. If we've got any Swamp Thing fans out there, fuck yeah! I, I was a big fan of the uh, cartoon growing up, and I love the movie, the '80s one. We should do. do should, I was a huge Swamp Thing. I've got when it. I was younger. We should do it. I thought it was very weird. You know, it's a Beauty and the Beast kind of thing, but that's uh, fucking awesome. As a kid, I don't know what it was. I loved Swamp Thing, and the I still do. The cartoon was huge. I'm a in the huge 90s. comic book fan until Alan, uh, excuse me, uh, Alan Moore ruined it, turned him into a gothic fruit. Yeah, he tends, I to, hate he it. tends he, to ruin a lot of stuff. Yes, he does. He's annoying. But anyway, that was a, another conversation for another nerdy event of us right. talking uh, comic I books, do fucking love Swamp Thing, though. I think he's yeah, he's great, man. Swamp Thing's great. And you know, of course, this chick has the mask now, and. You know, I don't know why people weren't sketched out by having those chips when they bought the masks. I mean, I guess you're just supposed to... Have a Coke and a smile. Yeah, realize that they're stupid and just be like, well, why don't you question shit? You just It also goes back to uh, the whole they live thing with John. I think corporate takeover and commercializing and, and consumerism is really a big um, part of John Carpenter's artistic vision with a lot of his stuff. And, you know, I know Tommy Lee Wallace feels the same way. So I think this movie was kind of a precursor later on for They Live and for what John did politically with his you know, Definitely. view of stuff. Because this was the precursor to that, I think. Definitely. I agree with that 100%. Um, you know, it's Big Brother. It's uh, There's something to be revealed and all that shit. So um, I think that... This film's very important for what's to come, you know, as far as they live and stuff like that. I think this movie really, um, you know, just just shows how corrupt things really are. But it's different with this, you know, they're trying to solve a murder, so of course there's, uh, you know, they're trying to uncover something they know is sketchy. But with they live, um, it's just kind of, just kind of walk into something that's already been happening, and someone's got to do something about it, you know. Uh, of course, with this film, there's not really a resolution, which I think is great. And it it doesn't really leave anything open, but it makes you wonder, and it shows that they wanted this film to be part of uh, a collective, where it's like they wanted more things like this to be come to come. It's kind of depressing. It was very depressing, but it, it left off just like a creep show style thing where it's like it ends so crazy. Then, when you put another Halloween out, if they were to follow this model of it, then <coughs> it would have made sense to end that way. But it's still awesome the way it ends. It's anyway. time to fuck. Let's, the best part is like she got out of the shower, and then he's like, You're going to have to take another shower because the doctor is in. <laughs> Literally, she looks really good in this film. I'll give her that. He's giving her the high life dick. Yeah. But no, but I, you know, to go back to the Halloween movies, I, I really like Halloween four and five. 
Yeah, those are great too. I like Love Halloween them. Six. It's after that when I'm kind of like, and the Rob Zombies absolutely not. I think they're fucking terrible. Uh, it's like I don't need a backstory on Michael Myers. It's fucking dumb. We've touched on that before, but I had just had to say that. But right. but no, but I I really enjoy four and five. No, but. And again, I love Michael Myers. But again, if I'm going to watch a Michael Myers film, if I'm sitting at home and I'm like, I want to see Michael Myers, I'm throwing in the first film. You got to. And I'm also throwing in the TV version, which was only available on Blu-ray in the limited box set, which the Doctor, of course, has. Right. And you know, Stacy Nelkin, Ellie, she was married to Barry Bostwick. We were actually just talking about Rocky Horror before this episode. Weird. weird. How weird is that? I did not know that. That's very strange. Only for four years. but If y'all don't know this, I want to kind of share this with everybody out there. Uh, if you ever meet Corey, he will be dressed as Dr. Frankenfurter. Every time, that's how I dress. And I don't consider it cross-dressing, I just consider it myself. He's a sweet transvestite. Yeah. With a horror fixation. <laughs> no. No, I think, great. <laughs> we were actually, what, what I wanted to mention, though, that's, of course, all bullshit. But what I wanted to mention was Tim Curry is either this month or was last month, did his first... Uh, a con appearance excuse me if I can get it out there uh, yeah pretty fucking awesome he had had a stroke and I think it's fucking awesome that he did it I think it's great it good for him lot, man if he hasn't done it then good for him out, he has an awesome but you know it's great but yeah he was never someone that did that I know because I'll never hear the end of it because someone that I know wanted to go to that but you know I'm not even gonna I'm not bother. rich I'm not even gonna bother to tell uh, no Alexis no just don't do that because I shouldn't have told Julia, but you know, hey, she loves him, loves that movie, and you know, whatever. But and then she'll walk up to me and be like, "I could show you my favorite obsession." I'm like, oh, I'm, <laughs> I could ruin your favorite obsession for you, but I'm just not even going to mention that he did a convention. So I believe it was in California. I'm sure. Actually, I remember. Uh, I remember when they were setting that up because I forget which website it was. It was some. Uh, you know, star thing. God damn. Yeah, this. Oh man, what happened to her? She tried to put on that fucking mask, and it it uh, like that chip or whatever. And she Dude, the uh, insect stuff is gnarly in this. Yeah, it's just kind of. It also makes you wonder. You know, there's something very science fictiony going on because it's it's a murder mystery, and there's some weird people and weird characters. But then you start figuring out things are just not of this world in this scene. You know. But that's fucking gruesome, man. She gets uh, part of her fucking mouth question off, her eyes bleed. Is um, Ellie, is she an android through this whole film? No. Okay, because I always thought she was. <laughs> Funny, she was almost uh, Nexus 6 and Blade Runner, but they actually... No shit. Because of budget cuts, they cut her, they cut her out of it. I guess they couldn't afford her, or they needed somebody, you know... Which is pretty interesting. It is interesting. Um, so she was supposed to be like a, a replicant or whatever. Um, but yeah, now the Silver Shamrock guys and their little their little van are taking that that woman away, cover their mess. Um, but what I was saying with the Tim Curry thing, there was some kind of a you know this company that that does autograph stuff for celebrities and conventions or whatever. They were taking uh, requests for. Tim Curry autographs so that you can get one and he'll sign it and mail it to you. Um, That's awesome. It was awesome because they were saying it's his first convention. It's probably his only one he's ever doing. 
and if you want to reserve an autograph for him to send out, then we can arrange that if you just send it to him. And so I thought that was pretty cool, but I actually re- forgot about that completely because they that company, whoever it was, was doing that would have been a great the autograph for. thing, right? Yeah, but I didn't think about it. Um, and plus, the autograph thing's cool, but even though he does, hand, he will he would have hand signed it. But I still want to want to meet the guy. I like to when I go to conventions, getting the you autographs. Know, I'm not, to I, got, I have to say, you're. I want to tell everybody at home, Corey has a great autograph. Uh, selection. My autographs are massive, but they're all music. Right. It's all me too. I have I have my fair share of music ones. I've got ticket stubs, Dude, I've, no, uh, I've albums. Got. Yeah, mine's bad. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> my. I never really did, and I guess I should say this. I've never re- I've never really done the convention thing. I don't like being around people. Right. I know. I know. And I've mentioned this other episodes. I think it's awesome that you have all this stuff. I just never. I don't know. I get weirded out by it. Like, I've been, but I've had more negative experiences right, at, that's at a convention yeah. than I have positive. I wouldn't Because it's like people trying to... I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm in a competition. All right. Well, everyone has a different experience. and uh, I'm glad yours have been positive. Mine have been really That's negative. the only reason I kept going is because I've never necessarily had a bad one. I've had one or two bad uh, experiences with, you know... The actors or the music or the musicians, if you will, and we've spoke about that on previous episodes. But uh, overall, as far as the people that I've been around and uh, the organizers and you know the other uh, celebrities that I've been around, it was very that's great. It was very positive for me. But not everybody can walk in get the same result out of that. It's different for everybody. Um, Should I go into some of the ones that were mean to me? Yeah, man. I got, uh, I, got, I got the Savini and the Freely. You got uh, let's hear it. Gene Simmons was horrible to me. I can only imagine. He the, what, that the, would the irony of Ace, that Ace one ruined me. But Gene, even though I know he's a fucking cock, like I know he is, and I would chance it anyway. That would destroy me. Here's what bothered me about the Gene thing. I'm I'm at Gene Simmons was at a adult video news convention. I was at. <laughs> And in Las Vegas, he's signing and taking picture stuff for free with guys, not with the porn stars, with dudes like yeah. these nerd kiss people. So I walk up, and he tells me to fuck off. That's that's the true story. Was he with somebody else, or he was no? Just, he was just done. He was just a dick. I don't know. Because if he was signing with it was free. Else. It was it was free. You weren't yeah. paying. He's just standing there signing stuff for people. I walk up to get a picture with him, and he tells me to fuck off. Here's the irony of this. This is a true story. The same convention, I met Vince Neal from Motley Crue, and he was fucking awesome and bought me got a beer. a picture with him. It's fucking yeah. great. But, you know, so... But it's one of those things where it's like, I... When I go to... Like, Corey and I are supposed to be going to a convention coming up, and I, I honestly... I'm honestly thinking about not even doing it. Because I... And the only reason being is, one of the people that are there, which I've mentioned on another episode, I think the last episode, is William Shatner, and I don't want him to be a dick to me. Because I've liked him since before I could crawl. He's the main one. There's a lot of other people there that I'd like to meet, but he's the main one. And it's like, I don't want the guy to be a butt to me. Because if he is, I don't even want to go. Right. I can stay at home and not meet him and still have good memories with his stuff. Because it will ruin it for me. Right. Absolutely ruin it. Because it does, I don't know if you guys are like that, but and I don't care if you know if it's a musician you really like, or an actor, or director, or you know, it could be anybody, a comic book artist, whatever you're into. Uh, and, you, and, you, and you go to meet them and they're a fucking butt, it's like... It just it ruins it. your whole. It ruins thing. all of it. It ruins it. Honestly, for somebody like that, um, 
if I had some advice, and we can do this right now on the podcast, if you want my advice on it. Please. If it were me and Bill Murray was at a convention. Right. Or so that's, Dan Aykroyd. Okay. That's my Shatner. It, it, yeah. Or Mark Hamill is also my Shatner. So, I, you know, I have a few Shatner. Shatners, I guess, in my life. I don't know. I do, too. Um, I mean, I could get into that yeah, if we right. want. But. Um, if I went there... And I didn't meet him, and I said, I don't want to have a bad experience. I would regret it for the rest of my life that I didn't take the chance. As big of a fan as you are, that's something you like. You have to do that. I mean, I am. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm obsessed with it. It's, that's it's what I'm a, saying. It, it would be, it's the same thing with, uh, you know, when we tried to meet Lemmy or whatever. We went to a Motorhead show. Great fucking show. It was, you know, ended up being one of the last U.S. shows he ever did. Uh, it was one of the last days of that. It tour. was the last. It, it was, was the last it, day of the tour. It, there was he did a Florida date after, after that. that. That's yeah. all we got. So it was the second to the we last. We waited day for of the a US long time. Uh, we didn't get to meet Lemmy. We saw him perform. That that's, we waited for was four, a, four hours, kids. Four hours. We had to miss Anthrax over it. We we had to miss. Uh, forget the other. There were some other bands, but I mean, the point right. is, we put our time in, and this is before and after Motorhead played. We didn't miss anything of Motorhead, but we 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 stood out there and waited. And uh, you Just know, for something to, happen. to no avail, nothing. Um, but that's what we do a lot of the time. You know, we're we're super fans. We just want to you know do our thing and thank them and uh, you know try to try to shoot the shit for a little bit. Um, <clears throat> so that didn't happen. But I felt really great that we tried as hard as we did because it just wasn't that just wasn't meant to happen. You know, um, but the oh, whole those are those are. You know, those are things that you take to your grave with you. You know, it's, exactly. It's, uh, you know, I'm saying with the uh, with the Shatner thing, that's something you you just have to do while you have the opportunity because you may never get another chance again. No, I mean it's right here in my backyard. It's just it, it's a money thing's one of it. Right. That that's that's one of, of the course. Problems. It's a little you know. But it's also it's it's also kind of a mess. Like like they're wanting you to go down there Friday to book it to get it done. Maybe Friday, or then you ha- may have to wait till Saturday. It's such a fucking mess. I don't even understand. Well, here's what, what I they're do. wanting me to do. Um, you know, for the pre-order thing, you can get, you can go ahead and buy the ticket for either your photo op or your pre-autograph, or you can do a package fan package thing. It's a little more pricey where you do both. You get the picture. I don't want an autograph. Right, from them. right. I'm just saying this is you know you can do all this, that this, stuff. This, I want to talk but, about this a sec. I don't like getting autographs where it says two. You, you know, like to Vincent, to Vincent. Like I don't want that. Like I, I want them just to sign it. Right. And 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 he will not do that. Bill will not. See, that's sign weird. Stuff. I thought he was one no. that will not personalize. No, that's he's crazy. the opposite. Wow. Because he doesn't. He's weird about it. I don't know. Well, he doesn't want someone to just sell it. You know? Well, no. I mean, I get it, but it's it's also. One thing. I, I'm not really into the autograph thing. Like, if I get an autograph, I, I'll tell you what. Every autograph I have, ninety percent of it, I never paid for. Right. Like bands don't do it. Like like no. if you came up, you know, if if someone came up to us and was nice enough to even know who the hell we were, I'd be all about it. You know, right? Um, you'd get a forty nine ninety five bill in the mail, but I would do it. <laughs> I'm I'm kidding, but no, I'm not. Not I am. I'm just being stupid. But for real, it would mean a lot. It mean the world to me. Somebody even knew who the fuck I was. But so, but it, it's interesting how actors want to get paid, and I think it's funny how musicians do it for free. Right. Well. Some of them. Yeah. We could get into that, and actually that's very, goes along with death metal. Ooh. There are some death metal bands right now that are charging for meet and greets, and I'm, I don't, I'm not excluding anybody. If you charge for a meet and greet and you're a death metal band, shame on you. Right. You're, you're a fucking gluttonous turd. Well, 
a lot of that has to do with uh, with management, and a lot of that's also not. It's still bullshit. I don't know if it's the band's control or not because you can't really. They're getting that money. I've well, had people try to tell me they're not getting that. They're getting that fucking money. If if look if the bands, if the bands are doing it and they have uh, a you know a successful record label with a management company that they're thrown into, they can't really tell the management to fuck off. I don't think because it's a contractual thing. The bands so are making money that, on that. I don't band. know how that works. They get exactly. that money. The label's not keeping that money. The bands get that. I'm not saying they're not getting the money. I'm just saying. Here's, I think the, if the, you're, I, I'm not excluding anything. I mean, I'm not talking about the Scorpions or fucking Kiss or Motley Crue. I, I'm talking about, you know, death metal. If you're charging people to meet you, I don't care who you. You're 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 a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. You should not be charging these people money when you're you're a cult band. I mean, I, look, I, I get it when Marilyn Manson charges, or like I said a second ago, the Scorpions or. Sure. Or whoever. I get the Iron Maiden. I get that. ACDC. Sure. Van Halen. You're going to have to fucking pay to meet those people. I get it. I, I'm not going to do it. They can blow me, but, you know, <laughs> if you want to do that, that's your business. Guns N' Roses, they're they're doing a fucking meet and greet. You know, and, that, and that's fine. That's actually really cool. And that's fine. But here's the thing. These death metal bands are not at that level. It's like, who the hell are you to be charging for a meet and greet? Like Behemoth doing that a few years ago. Fuck you. <laughs> Yes, I am. It's fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's total uh, bullshit. I'm. I'm not paying you. Here, here's one. I, I'm, I'm gonna switch to thrash a second. Testament charges like hundred and seventy-five dollars for meet and greet for two original members. Blow me. You know what the other or thing three, is? Three. Excuse me. Three now. You know what the other thing is? I've met those guys outside of shows. They've never asked me to pay for anything. They've signed my shit, and that right there is evidence to where I think. The, the meet and greet thing is still optional and I think it's a management ploy some kind of a tour manager does that or a management company sets that shit up because well, every time it. I've seen Testament they've had that little meet and greet thing before the shows I'm not doing it uh, Hatebreed's done it where they had yeah, meet they and greet you pay for it. It. <clears throat> but you know what I, I did for for you know what I did I went there after the show and they all signed my shit they all took pictures they didn't ask for money I mean I think that's great but, but I'm telling you I, I'm tired of going to the thing and it's just like you know, it's like he's he's got his meet and greet fucking buzz lanyard, and he's like, I'm the big fan because I work at a fucking uh, steam plant and make a million dollars an hour because my remember, daddy got me the job. It's fucking bullshit. You remember Iced Earth had a, had a meet and greet thing? Fuck that shit. And they're like, it said like VIP fan on there. You know, they got like a T-shirt and a stupid lanyard. While we met him outside, for and free. we met him for free. So that's what I'm saying. I think I know, but there are a lot of them now, and I I'm not gonna go there. I really want to go there. There are a lot of them now that will not meet you, and you have to go to the meet and greet. And they see that's I've a even had place. I've even had them tell me, "Sorry, you missed the meet and greet." It's like, "Fuck you!" I'm not buying that a minute to meet you when you met me two tours ago and you were cool. Fuck you! I paid to get in this motherfucker. That treatment is the band's choice. That plain and simple. Sure it is. That is the and band. I got defecated on. That is the band saying we have to. Honor this and this and this yeah, way. It's fucking bullshit. And we're not going to bend on it because they it's actually fucking bullshit. They actually don't want to deal with it unless. And I'll bad. mention one of the bands because they're never going to do this. And that's Behemoth. Fuck that band. It's fucking bullshit. It's like, and and Corey and I've met 
We met every, that whole band. We met the whole free. fucking band before they were doing this. But now, if you go see them, it's like you got to pay for your VIP meet and greet. It's like then guess what? I'm not physically because I buy physical media. I buy CDs and and fucking uh, Corey buys cassettes and we buy vinyl sometimes. I'm not buying anything from you again. I wouldn't buy a fucking beer coaster from you. <laughs> Fuck you for fucking charging. For fucking doing that. And Nurgle, shame on you, dude. You had fucking cancer and you beat it and now you're being a fucking tool bag fucking trying to act like you're a fucking a vampire or something. You can't die or something. It's like, <laughs> man, whatever, man. I'm not I'm not paying for your cocaine habit. Right. I'm not paying for your pain pills or your speed or your beer or whatever the fuck it is you're buying with it. Your hookers. I'm not paying for it. <laughs> if you're not gonna fucking hang out with me for a minute, then fuck you, man. And I'm not I'm not coming to see you again. And I'm not paying for any of your fucking merch. I'm not. I'm not going to see you ever again. Right. And pe- people ask me, and I want to be specific about this. That's why I do not attend Summer Slaughter. Right. It's not something that interests me. It has nothing to do with the bands that are playing on it. But I'm not going to go and be treated like a fucking toddler at, at something that I've been doing my whole fucking life. No, they're like you, you got to pay for this certain. Because I found out, and this this is not even about a death metal band. Apparently, a deathcore band. That, that did it last year, you know, which you and I have no interest in. But I was talking to my friend Adam about it, and he was saying that, that they got back there, and they were standing right there, and you had to pay to meet them. It was like 25 bucks. Who was it? After the burial. You had to pay to meet that band? I'm dead serious. It was either the, it was either them or Born of Osiris. I can't remember which it was. It's whoever did it last year. Which I met those guys for free every time I They seen. were charging. It was 25 or 35 bucks. It wasn't a whole lot. But you, you had to pay them to meet them. It's like it's like who are they anyway? No but, but I mean, it's not even about that. It's just the fact. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? You're why are you charging to meet people? I just don't. I understand, you know, if it's a man. Yeah, if thing. you're the fucking scorpions, you can charge to fucking no, meet it, people. If you're fucking, if if, you know, if it's if, a, if there's a meet and greet option there where people opt to pay for that, and these aren't the types of people that take initiative and just walk up to the band members. Right. But if you're one of those band members that sticks by the meet and greet thing specifically, and you're like, well, you have to pay for it. Then fuck off. Yeah, it's it's just not right. It's if, a, if Testament pays charges like one hundred seventy five, it is. It's one hundred and seventy five dollars. It's ridiculous. And I walk up to them after the show where that meet and greet is still a thing, and they just sign my stuff and don't mention money. That's awesome. And you can clearly tell that you know if a band as big as that, and I'm not really a huge fan of them, really, but um, that speaks volumes that they they just wanted to. They came out. They all came out. They all signed my shit. They were all super fucking cool. And uh, they, I hate seeing they bands get money. into that. I hate seeing so a I'm, band fall into that where it's like, so hey, I need some money. It's yeah. like, man, Obvious. I already gave you money. I bought a shirt. Yeah. I buy all your physical stuff. I'm not stealing it. <laughs> Obviously, know? it's a management thing, but the ones that stick out are the ones that don't even mention the money. If you approach them, they're like, yeah, man, cool. They're still human beings. But other bands that are just going to uh, take a shit in your mouth and it's like, well, you got to pay for the meet and greet. Sorry. That's not... That's not what this music is about. Well, that that's what that's why I said specifically death metal. I know you're death metal care. and you need fucking money. I don't but. care if Five Finger Death Punch is charging for a meet and greet. I don't care because I'm not going to go see that anyway. Right. What I'm saying is, or Marilyn Manson or fucking Slipknot or whoever, I don't give a fuck. I don't listen to any of that bullshit. I hate all of it. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> is you know, and I'm not saying this band, but you know, if a death metal band, any specific death metal band, is charging for that. You're a fucking turd. Yeah. You, you. Why are you charging for that? And that's their choice because they're getting a cut of that somewhere. They sign. Yes, do this. It's bullshit, man. If Obituary gets uh, does signings for free, then any other death metal band should. 
And I've got. I've, yeah, they do. I've met that whole band. They were super. We met them nice. just this last time. Yeah, but not the whole band. But we met most right. of them. Right, uh, three. Of that them. was in passing too. But they did a, a signing at uh, Maryland Death Fest when I went. They didn't fucking charge for that. I met Asphyx. They didn't charge for that. You know how big that fucking band is in, in death metal. They're fucking legendary, man. Uh, Martin Van Druen, who's in goddamn Pestilence, signed my shit for free. Uh, at the gates, signed my shit for free. Uh, well, uh, here now th- that's a double edged sword because when we saw them back at the beginning of the year, they were had that five million dollar meet and greet, buddy. Really? Yeah, I don't know because they shafted us when we were standing there trying that's to because right. Jens wanted to meet Thomas Lindbergh, and it's right. like you got because he told him. I actually yeah. want to say this, this is something that you may not even know about. I didn't. Jens stopped him when when we were separated, and really? he was like, "You didn't come to the meet and greet." Wow. So fuck you at the gates. I thought that was absolutely shitty. It's like, whenever are you I fucking met, kidding whenever me? Whenever I met him and he signed You're a fucking rare me. Swedish band. It's like, you know, you're not the fucking Beatles. I'm sorry. It's fucking bullshit. I'm, yeah. I'm not pulling punches on this. It's fucking bullshit. See, that's another thing, too. It's like, I didn't get that treatment when I met him, so why does one of my friends get that treatment? Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's at, absolutely at a, at like a, at a fucking club show. It's not even well, a festival. Here's, I, I get to meet him at a festival and I get it for free, which is like... You know, and then when you go to a small club venue and, and you get burned, I don't understand that. I met all of Destruction with Jens, and these kids came up and thought we were in Destruction. So you mentioned he, that. They just pulled all of us in the photo for the for the thing. It's funny. Yeah, it was hilarious. But my but my thing about it is those guys weren't acting like that, you know, and, and they were having fun with it because they enjoy their. I, their I just don't life get it. I don't. I, I'm not paying to meet you. I. I I have no use for that, man. I just and I, I need to stop talking about it. It drives me fucking crazy. I think it's tacky. If you know, I get it with bands I hate, but it's like you're a death metal band. Why are you charging to meet people? You know, speaking Dick of Warlock's speaking of, yeah, speaking of uh, robots, uh, this is where you find out that these henchmen are fucking like androids. And I apologize. Have... I went no, way no, too far good. on that. No, that's that needed to be said. Um, but this is where the shit hits the fan, folks. Things are coming together. Um, you find out Dick Warlock and all his little goons are uh, androids. They have like this pussy uh, tall man blood, if you will. It's like greenish. Yeah, uh, looks like fucking banana pudding. We're an hour and two minutes into this film right now, guys. If you've lost track, I'm very sorry. We went way off. <laughs> we did. We went but way off. I'm so this sorry. Is what That's... You... No, no, no. This, well, actually... this is what you expect from us on this podcast is that... Maybe we should edit some of it out. I no, went a little. No, I went a little far with that, no, but I, you know, no. this I, is this. It is, hurts my feelings when I, I. I don't know if there's any of you guys out there when you show up at a show and there. And I'm gonna. This is the last thing I'm saying about. Show up at a show and there's some guy walking around wearing his. I, I'm at band because I've got a big wallet. It's like, well, not everybody has a big wallet, and you're a. And that's another thing. I. This is the last thing I'm saying. You're alienating your fan base when you're giving special privileges to people with money. Yeah, it's very true. Especially death metal, it's like you don't That's make what money I'm saying, in death dude. metal. You're not your fucking fans, kiss. Your fans, kiss don't can do have that because it's kiss. You know, you're, you're not fucking kiss. It's like it's fucking. And I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying bands that charge for it should do it. I'm just saying, but you know, it's expected when Aerosmith or Kiss or Van Halen or Scorpions or whatever charge for that stuff because they're these old. They're old farts and they want money and then they're totally sold on it. But don't pretend you're. Don't pretend you're one of these bands. You're a, you're a fucking death metal band. If you really care about the music and you really care about what you're doing, then d- then don't ask people for seventy five, a hundred, fifty, whatever no. it is. It's fucking bullshit. You know, here's something real fun, real quick, and this is the last thing I'll say. I remember a, a guy we knew, Anthony. Mm-hmm. 
paid soil work for a meet and greet. I wouldn't give soil work a cup of my piss, much less pay them for a meet and greet. And, and again, we're switching genres, whatever, but it's like, Still, I'm not paying you. Here's the thing. Who the fuck do you think you are? You know what we did before that show? We went outside and we met the entire band in flames for free. Way bigger but Swedish he band. Paid. But he paid soil work for meet and greet. Even though, actually, he would pay for meet and greets when me and him would go to shows, and I would meet the bands for free after the show. Never paid for a meeting in my fucking life. If I did, it was somebody else got it for me as a gift. Uh, my brother paid for me for a present and got me an All Shall Perish meet and greet. I paid. But that was a sound check thing. That's You got to go in to the I, venue I mean, and whatever. I, I'm I, not even... I, not something I would have paid I'm not even for. touching on that. But like, I, I'll tell you one I paid. I paid $20 to meet Dave Mustaine. It was worth every fucking penny. That's Dave Mustaine. He should charge. It was Mustaine. twenty bucks. Not saying he should charge. I met but Dave Mustaine. It makes sense that you pay for somebody like that. I met Dave Mustaine and I met fucking uh, Chris Bod- Broderick. Right. And I met uh, um, the drummer at the time, Glenn. Sean. Sean Drover. Yeah. Glenn's the other one. And they were great. Yeah. They were super nice to me. And that's but, worth, but, and that's that, that was Megadeth. It's that's not, Dave Mustaine charging right, twenty not, bucks, and then you it's got it's not a death metal band. I mean, I, I, I've seen these bands do this. To, it's tacky. It is. Tacky. I'm not paying you. I'm not paying you. Yeah. I'm just not doing it. And, and you know, and I didn't have to name the death metal band that I'm mad at because you know who you are. Yeah. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> you make all this money off of us, and you want us to pay to say hi for a minute, whatever, or treat me like I'm a stalker. Give me a break. Yeah, there's no sense in that, and you know, uh, and I'm sorry for the blast about it, but I, you know, I, I can't believe I've never actually talked about this before because you know it's something that really bothers. I think we've touched me. on it, but we've never actually it, gone. It on hurts on. my feelings. It's 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 yeah, it's we're, awful, we're and fans, I hate them seeing you know. them doing it to other fans. It's tacky. And it's we, like here to give us another hundred bucks. It's like, dude, you've already ripped me off on the shirt. You've already ripped me off. You know, I, I, and I want to I want to actually plug a band here real quick. There is one fucking band. That I go see all the time. That's merch is cheap, and they always hang out. And I fucking love you, Goat Whore. Fucking love you. Fucking love you guys. Uh, Absolutely love you. Would kill damn. to have you on the podcast. But thank you for the amazing merch prices. And thank well, you, thank you, Sammy, shit. for just being fucking awesome. We can't, we can't buy your your shirts yeah. at Hot Topic, and we don't yeah, want to. It's fucking it awesome. Go to you then. You it's know, fucking awesome. You guys bring these. You know, you guys know how it works, and uh, we've heard it from Sammy, the man himself. You know, yeah, you like, guys want to because I keep T-shirts. He goes, I got punk, he goes, we got punk prices, and yeah, you know, he wants the merch to be stuff you can only get when you see him at shows. He's like, hey man, you want a T-shirt? Come to our fucking show, and that's perfect. That's of course I'm going to buy a fucking T-shirt. And somebody asked me shirt. recently. That's why I brought this up, and I'm stopping with this. And somebody asked me recently, what's one of your favorite bands? And if you really think about it, they're one of my favorite bands. They're one definitely my, my top too. ten. I mean, they're. Why would they not be? These guys are fucking amazing. My girlfriend's not even a huge death metal chick, but she fucking she loves, loves Goat Horror. Man, it's that's, great. Yeah, that's I mean, her favorite. Man. They're they're one I'm of mine. They're one of my favorite bands. I I think they're great. You know, but it's one of those things where it's like, oh, another thing. Morbid Angel doesn't charge for meet and greet. They they just they're cool. So that's another one. There's like, a there's a lot that most don't. You know, there's, there's a lot. There's that a handful. Maybe even suffocation even, doesn't. Maybe not even a handful. There's maybe one or two select ones that just charge. Nile doesn't. No. Never seen those guys do that. It's it's fucking tacky. Sacrilege. Well, it's just tacky. It's like, are you kidding me? You know. 
We have any carcass fans out there? When Corey and I met them, they were fucking great. They those don't guys, those guys, shit. no, those guys wanted to fucking hang out and just see how we're doing. Slayer, they didn't charge for a meet and greet. No, they fucking. Well, we saw them headline, but they were yeah. cool. You but know, I mean, they when were... I saw Slayer, there was no thing at right. the merch table like buy a carcass meet and greet. It's no. just they'll fucking hang out anyway. No, they're drunk. They're having a good fucking time, getting loaded. They're fucking, you know. British, you know, and, I, and, I, and I'll, I'll bring asses. up somebody else that's really big, and whether people like him anymore or not. But I, I want to give another shout out to this because this is this is something that that I think needs to be told, and you can't meet this person anymore. I was lucky enough to do it, and I, I am wrapping this up, and I mean it this time. I'm stopping. <laughs> Chuck from Death never, ever was mean, rude, or asking for money, and he was all about it. All you had to do is walk up to him. That's it. It's because he loved the fucking scene anyway, you know. That's it. And 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 there you go. There's that's that's the the daddy of it as far as I'm concerned. He's the fucking so, godfather. Man. That's it. And if you, you know, there you go. And uh, you guys don't have the Scream Bloody Gore Rio show. Pick pick that up. It's out. And it's, it's ten bucks at the, fucking Fye. They so. actually still have the three discs up. Uh, I don't know about right now, but the last time I checked, nice. They were still available. By uh, the time you, you hear also, this, it may be gone. You but. can also get the two disc. Uh, that's available, you know, in stores. Three disc could be a little harder to find. I would just get it from Relapse. Um, you want the two disc? It's ten bucks at Fye. Right. I don't know why the fuck I'm plugging that store, but it's ten bucks. <laughs> Probably because it's ten bucks. But yeah, but he, but back to the movie. I, you know, there's your mask, and Corey's wearing it, and he's dying. <laughs> it's just, it's it's, it's so killing nasty, Corey. Man. Corey's dying right now. He has my bowl cut, but he's dying. Actually, I guess that's me technically dying. Is that you with the hair? Yeah, I'm dead. Yeah, and then all these bugs just crawl out of it. I don't even know. Yeah, that's fucking nasty. I don't even know where that comes from, but it's that's just like gnarly, dude. It's witchcraft, you know. It's some fucking crazy Celtic voodoo shit. And the insects are just ugh. And that makes it even worse that your dead body's got insects crawling. Yeah, out snakes, of it. And snakes, out. yeah. Of course, these are the guys that were like super fans of the uh, the whole Silver Shamrock manufacturing plant and all that. And now their family's deceased. Now they got a fucking rattle rattlesnake. He's got to deal with. It's about to fucking bite him in the nads up here. And I love how the music just like gets more and more intense. There he goes. Uh, shout out to Lemmy for that snake bite love here. Going on. <laughs> I guess he just dies from the snake venom. He just anyway. We're back on track, and we're looking at all these insects, which is nasty. And there's my dead body. This is the, this is the cut, only my bowl cut has once bit the dust because in the fog I lived, but I died in Halloween three. <laughs> um, I think uh, that scene right there with the bugs is the only part that David Cronenberg will watch. And probably, <laughs> and probably masturbate because he's just like, I love bugs and gross shit. You're right about that. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, back to the horror aspect of it. And you know, uh, we're at a minute and 11. Buck 11. Buck 11, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's different when you go to something like conventions, and this relates to something, you know, later with. Uh, 
with the Sean interview that we did. Which is awesome. Very we had insightful. a really good interview Yeah, it was him. great, man. Uh, don't want you to forget about that. That's coming up shortly. And it's long. You got you a yeah. long one coming in. It's so another you... hour and a half jam-packed into this right after this movie. You know, Right now we're in Dayton, Ohio. Three fucking hours and change, kids. New York, New York. My hometown's getting fucking slammed. Uh, That's right. That's you there. Yeah. You're There's confused. Omaha, You're like dressed as a witch, but you have a fucking mask. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And, uh... You can see how worldwide this is. They're in Baton Rouge. Oh, uh, they're Hank, Sammy down there. Yeah, the Goat Whore guys we're are wearing Goat the mask. With, in, in this movie. Then we're in Los Angeles, of course. And then we're back with Sean. Yep. Sean's a little kid running around <laughs> wearing a mask. We should have asked him which mask. This is the other that. huge thing. And there's Seattle. Fuck Seattle. I hope them and they take. No, it. no, 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 man. We got we got some love there. We got metal church guys. Well, they can take Amazon with them and all that other bullshit. And they can have at it. All their fucking shitty grunge music. They. Defecated into my fucking eardrums. Fair enough. They can they can have Seattle in this film, guys. So uh, Arizona, my Coyotes, baby. Yeah. I mean, they're horrible this, hockey team, but I love them. Fuck it. <laughs> when this when this happened in the, the film, the first time I saw it, you don't realize how big of a scale it is because the whole time you're thinking it's just just this small town that's getting hit. Um, but it's not. It's it's world. You know, it's nationwide. Like these masks got you know distributed. Through the whole oh, United yeah. States, and everyone is fucked. You don't really know how big it is of a scale until until this all unfolds near the end of this film. It's I think Tom's crazy. fucking this nurse. No, they have something going. I think he got a he got a late night uh, night shift BJ from her, or totally agree. Some kind of a handy, you know, or phone sex. Maybe they're on the phone. I totally agree, film. man. I think there's definitely some fucking. Going there's on. past, and it, it makes you uh, realize that it's not the first time that Doctor Chalice has. Uh, Gave her his chalice. Boned somebody else. Uh, he's obviously a cheater on his wife and doesn't give a fuck because he's so. With well, I think they say they're divorced, which is weird. I don't remember that ever being discussed. That's what it said online, anyway. But really, that him and the broad from. Well, no, be, I mean they don't see it that way. Because whatever. He's always trying to, you know, he's coming home to the kids, and I don't know. I just thought it was weird. It is very standoffish, but that's the other element of this film is that you always you don't really know what's what's going on. You, you eventually get some kind of a resolution, but there's still a lot of questions that are meant to be there. It's not just like loopholes where it's like, you know, or plot holes where it's like, uh, yeah, what the fuck was up with that? That was never explained. It's like, you know, you can pretty much make the assumption yourself or figure it out on your own. And she's about to get drilled, not by Dr. Chalice. <laughs> she's about to get drilled by an android in this scene right here. When she's she's starting to figure out that the uh, you know the thing that's in the chip is really a uh, trigger, you know she's she's getting really close to uncovering what's going on here, but of course uh, she gets derailed because you can't you can't fuck this up for for Colonel Cochran. He's gonna get you. So, but yeah, I think I think he had a past of cheating on his wife anyway. That's probably why. Maybe they are divorced. And here we go. Yeah, I agree with that. And I love the, you know, they got the gloves and the suit. I think it's fucking cool, man. Here we go. We get the ear drillage. Dr. Charles couldn't have done it better himself. Just drill her right in the ear. So now his uh, his nurse Honey is uh, 
is deceased. And we're back at 7.30 p.m. in Santa Mira. We're here at Shamrock Savings. You got the motel. We're back in business. We're trying to figure out what the fuck's going on with Dr. Chalice and the Silver Shamrock uh, factory here. Of course, he's tied up. This is this is uh, the doctor of the podcast uh, bread and butter of this film is coming up. Yeah, here in a little bit. Awesome. It's got we've got like ten more minutes, but this is supposed to be the fucking the shit has already hit the fan. This is supposed to be this is it right here. It's like what the fuck is gonna you know what's Doctor Chalice gonna do? He's fucking tied up. Connell Cochran's been had. But he's not going to let Dr. Chalice spoil his, his witchcraft fun, so. Rednecks might say Sam Hain, but Sawin is who I was referring to. <laughs> Glenn Danzig, Erie Vaughn, some yeah, good shit. old shit, man. It's a good drinking album. Intinium, especially. That's a standing up, drinking around a fire, getting goddamn I love that. I love that thing. <laughs> you know, I'm young, but I've actually done that to that band. Oh, yeah, they're great, man. Basically dance around a fire with a fucking beer in my hand. Getting Listening loaded. to them? Yes. That's awesome. I fucking love that record. Intinium's great. Mm. <laughs> and the Halloween music, because he's and watching if I'm not on mistaken, TV. When I call Corey, this is what plays. <laughs> or this when song? I text you or something. No, when you call. Okay. Isn't this my ringtone when I call you? No, it's the. Uh... Yes, it the... yes, it is. It <laughs> I'd is say it's it's this. But this this keeps it in the universe of things because it's it's a movie in the universe, but it's still. It's still there. It's pretty fucking cool, man. And he's got your mask on, you know. He's got the skull. Definitely. So, you know, in reality, in, when everything's full circle now, you find out that um, Connell Cochran's family clan has gone back for, you know, 3,000 years and back, and uh, they perform these sacrifices every 3,000 years so that it keeps the earth cleansed. And it's basically an old, old folklore tale of how they do this. So, it all makes sense what he's doing now. He's trying to do a mass fucking execution, which is this. This movie is just death metal once it comes around full circle. Sure it is. It's great. Tom's wearing a great mask too. He's wearing Scott's skull mask from my childhood. That's right. And I, I have the the pumpkin. So. Not my babysitter. Again, but my mask 
Vincent's mask, my mask when I was a kid, which is awesome. Oh, yes, of course. I have to, I have to say that, though. He, he always got me cool shit, my babysitter, when I was a kid. His girlfriend. <laughs> Scott and Beverly, they always got me cool shit. They did get me this mask, which is pretty cool. They let you go out and get as much candy as you possibly can. That too, man. I'd get sick and... I'll get pillow sacks. Little Vincent would be sick. I'd get uh, pillow sacks. Full of shit. That's awesome. You know, I went went trick-or-treating. Since we're watching this, I I guess it's what made me think of it, but I went trick-or-treating for the first time a few years ago with my youngest niece when she was still pretty young. It's been a few years now. Probably about four or five years ago now, but... I got candy that one too. It was fucking awesome. That's a good thing about having kids. You can still get the candy. I like a little bag, you know. I I always, you know, I always go to the store. Not happen now. They'd rather burn in hell than talk to me. (laughs) It's, you know, whatever. It's cool. I had fun. It was fun doing that. But what I was trying to get into way earlier, I know we got off subject about this. That's my fault. No, this movie just... Edit that out. No, this movie just fucking rules. Um, Basically, uh, as far as conventions go, that's... Understandable why you pay for that shit because yeah, that's supposed to be. It was my birthday. Did you see that the yeah. time up there? That's supposed to be uh, something that you pay money for to meet those people, and you know these guys and gals. You know they have they have movies they're working on. They have all this shit that they have tied up with, and they're making the time for a weekend or even a day. To come down and uh, you know meet their fans and, and you know these are big Hollywood people. These aren't fucking death metal bands. These are Hollywood actors that are constantly shooting movies and leaving set so they can see fans and then go back to, to doing their job. So uh, you know that's something that that deserves to be paid for and it's a privilege to meet them. And you know that's not something that we're talking about at all. Um, that's you know, you're supposed no, I'm, ta- I'm talking about specifically. This is specifically yeah. death metal that you shouldn't have to pay for, and that's because it's not like they don't need the money or you're you know, already not making it. Yeah, we don't. So why would you? Be so we don't try to rip people off. It's not like we don't appreciate you enough to not pay for stuff, but it's the principle. Look, when I when I go to meet somebody like Malcolm McDowell or George Romero, yeah, I'm going to pay the money to meet them. Because, you got to. Because that's what they're there for. It's it's a job in and of itself for them to show up to a convention. Yeah, and I'm not talking about a death metal band sitting at a horror convention. That would probably be a different circumstance. Well, and the other thing with that is, is like, you're not going to be a death metal band maybe in Europe and do a meet and greet, and you're going to have just like right. a line out the door of fans trying to meet you. But, no. you know... That's not the reality of it, and that's not the reality of it in the United States, especially. No. It's like Hell no. the people that are going to meet you, they're going to be like maybe 12, and maybe four or five of those are in a group with each other. You know, Not to say you don't have huge crowds for meet and greets. I don't fucking know. I don't care. Um, but you're not George Romero that has a line out the door the entire day for three days in a row that deserves to have that, you know, have that kind of respect. But if you're... You know, and that's part. That's why he's there is to to get some money, and and to work, and also because he enjoys being there and, and meeting fans, and you know anybody in those conventions. Um, but for death metal, you're playing a show, which is you're already getting paid by the promoter to to you know do the show. Your fans buy your CDs and buy your merch at the show, so you're getting money from that, and then. You have the the nerve to you know 
I know it's probably a, a mar, you know a, a management thing, but if you agree to only meet fans as part of a meet and greet and a payment, then uh, I don't I don't think that's appropriate at all because you're not George Romero and you're not fucking you know uh, Slipknot or whoever or fucking Motley Crue or someone that does, that is big enough to where paying a meet and greet would be necessary. So going back to that and to to. It's a lot of Branch money. it all together. It's a lot of money. To branch it all together, you know, and conventions are only for people that really want to do that, too. Um, if, I know we talk about it on, on the interview coming up that a lot of people that go to those conventions, they get in and then they think they can just get free shit from people, um, which is very rude. You know, if you go to. Yeah, and that's, people, that's not the way we're going no, with the music. No, thing. We, we. It have, should be free. Right. Um,. With, with we death, paid. We bought a shirt. We got in. You with know, it's, death it's metal, no matter how big you are in death metal, you're not fucking Twisted Sister. You're not Elvis. There's you're no not the reason, Beatles. You're, you're not the Beatles. Fucking... There's no. It's, it's music for people that are poor and depraved and, and need something to. You know, it sounds corny, but if you ask any real death metal fan, they'll tell you it's 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 a mindset and it's a way of life and it's for specific groups of people to that really enjoy death metal and to alienate fans by. Sticking by your what your management wants you to do and only agreeing to talk to you if you pay for it is completely just shitting on what death metal meant and what it should still mean. So, uh, as true fans of, of the genre and the business, and you know, uh, to the guests that have talked to us and, and already on here, you know, I know that they wouldn't charge us for a fucking thing or any of you guys. So, um, I think. Some of these death metal bands should be more like some of the guests we've had on here so far, because they, you know, or any of the other bands we've met, you know, a lot of them just would not ever even think to charge. And if if you did charge for a meet and greet, you know, the majority of them would never be like, "Hey, sorry, you got to pay." You know, that's not what it's about. So, death metal is not a money making thing. It's never been about money. If you're making a little bit more money than other death metal bands. You know what that means to me? Not jack shit. As long as you're making good records, I'll buy them. But if you're going to uh, make me pay to meet you, then you're not death metal. And I'm not going to listen to your records because it's fake. So I agree with that. That's my final two cents on no, that. No, man. But I, to bring it all together... Yeah, to bring it all together, conventions are completely different. If, if, if you ever plan on going to a convention, if you guys... I'm sure a lot of you listening are convention goers you, you know cuz you're like us. We're, it's got to have cash, man. Yeah, you if but if you're if you're listening to this and you've never been to a convention, you're wanting us to sell you on it. It's not really the doctor's thing. Uh, but Yeah, I'm staying completely out of it. But for me, you got to save up some fucking funds. I don't have anything against people going. Sure, but sure. you got to save up fucking money. If for me it's really hard. I mean, I save up all the money possible and I have a good time. But because I know how to save up money. But well, you're rich too. You didn't tell them you're independently wealthy. You're a uh, business owner, right? Um, you own a small chain of shops. Yep. I mean, you know, uh, mask shops. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we, uh, yeah, uh, just save up a bunch of money. For me, it's always hard. It's like, well, I can't not meet D. Wallace. Or, I don't know how you do it. Yeah, I can. I can't not meet. You know, uh, Chris Sarandon. You know, it's like. Uh, it's really hard when there's they just jam pack all these people in the convention. I think it's great, and even if I don't uh, have enough money, I will still meet somebody and say hey to them. But I'm not going to do the old trick that Sean reveals later. Uh, I actually really do to say hey. I just want to say hey to you. Uh, I just wanted to thank you for everything you've done, and I'm a huge fan. Thanks for being here. 
cool. Have a good night. And that's it, you know. I'll go to your Q&A and, and watch you talk more. And, you know, sometimes sometimes you I don't save up enough to get everybody I want, but I will still thank them. And, you know. But I'm not going to ask them for anything for free because I, I know that's not how it works. These guys are here to get paid. Fuck yeah. <clears throat> so, uh... Now we're getting to... All these fucking androids are getting fucked. Because the Doctor and Ellie are, uh... Pouring this box full of those power chips... Into the lab Son over here. In the, into the control room. I know what I'm doing tonight. What's up? This is actually good for the, the podcast, even. What's that? I don't know if we have any fans out there. Uh... The Doctor's going to see The Conjuring 2 tonight. That comes out? Wow. I didn't know that was out. And when I go see it, when she hears this, my other half will cut my balls off. Oh, hell yeah. We might have to go with you. I'm doing it. That's awesome. Gonna ask Don't we have any Conjuring fans out there? But uh, I think it's one of the best modern horrors. Um, oh wow! That the well, I don't give a shit about that, and I'm not plugging crap. that open. That opens too. But <laughs> um, I've I've said it on the podcast before, but I think James Wan is a really awesome modern horror director. I do like his stuff. Um, not so much Insidious, uh, you know, but I I like his passion. I, I really think he's a He's, he's more unique. He doesn't let his influences get in the way. There's he, an 11 at the Turkey Creek one. I'll ask her later. She might want to do it. Probably not. Um, I think I'm probably going to hit that one. <laughs> and there goes Connell Cochran. He's done. He gets absorbed into that sculpture, and the whole place is fucked. So. Um, but yeah, I love James Wan. I think... Out of all the modern horror stuff, I think he's one of the only ones that I appreciate. Um, I am a fan of the Saw films. I think they were great, at least the first few. Uh, I liked Annabelle. Yeah, I, I still haven't seen that film. Oh, it's fucking great. I love the first Conjuring. Uh, no, I mean, I'm, not for the podcast, but for right, you to watch, right. it's great. I'm looking great... forward. I'm looking forward to the uh, to the Conjuring too. So hopefully, that's something we'll get to. And here we go. This is this is the bread and butter I was talking about. And he's like, what the fuck? There's still ads running for this shit. And he starts calling all the ad stations. Like, pull the ads! So explain to me here what happened to her. Oh yeah, I forgot about this. Is she an android the whole time? I don't think she was. Any fucking android? Or did at some point they kidnap her? No, because the androids are always a certain way. I think they... Think what they because they at a certain point they took her away and they operated on her. Remember, while he was getting while he was strapped to the chair, right? They right, put her right, they right. put her on a fucking slab and fucked with her head. So well, no, they killed her. Yeah, they straight up an android. They here. turned her into an android. Yeah, but he didn't. Or they made it. an android of her and she's somewhere to be determined. I guess. I think they actually used her and made her into an android. Like hol- creepy. They hollowed her ass out. It's creepy, just Leatherface style. And fucking. You know, made her into an android because I, I forgot about that when you when you watch the security footage scenes. John's music, so awesome. They're perfect text tones too. You get a text, it's like meow, 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 meow. <laughs> it's great because you know my text tone is like that. Ew. It's fucking cool. 
but it freaks my girlfriend out, so I have to, I had to change it. Anyway, guys, uh, coming up here in about, I don't know, 10 minutes, we have the Horace Hall of Grounds. Sean Clark's going to be joining us. Uh, great interview. I uh, hope you enjoy it. It's going to come up shortly here in about 10 minutes, 8 minutes and change, something like that. But we got to finish seeing if Tom Atkins can survive the season of The Witch, which he is doing his damnedest. Fighting a robot hand. Oh, sorry. The android arm is just gross. Looks like amphibious, almost nasty. That is gross. Uh. What's interesting, this movie actually made money. Just didn't make what they were wanting. No. <laughs> She's on her last nerves, if you will. Which is kind of funny. But John's creepy-ass music. Really sells it. Yeah, it's great. It always does. By the way, uh, I don't think I've plugged this in a while or, or at all. Uh, John Carpenter is actually touring as we speak. Uh, he's doing a lot of dates. Corey and I are not going to get to see him because we don't live anywhere near remotely because for some reason, even though he's from Kentucky, he's not playing anywhere in the South. Uh, so anyway, if you have a chance to go see John Carpenter, fucking go see him, man. I'm sure... I, I didn't even ask. I'm sure Sean is. I know Ross is. And uh, if you listen to our Ross interview, Ross is definitely going to see him. In Los Angeles, I believe. But. Now we're back at the gas station where the film started, which is rightful to go all the way back to the beginning. One big fucking circle. That gas station attendant freaks me out. I don't know why. <laughs> he just looks scary. Put on your mask, kids. If you're all out there, put your mask on and listen. <laughs> listen to Tommy Wallace. Be scary as fuck. No, listen to us. Put your mask on when you listen. And how you doing, man? How am I doing? Yep. I'm doing better now that I took care of that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that was some stressful crap that just got thrown at me. That's how it happens, you um, but I'm good now. Now like, I've got, got that handled. So. Sean, 
to me, that's the highlight. I've told you this before on Facebook. Uh, love the when they have it on the Screen Factory releases. It's the highlight to me is having you going to these locations. I think it's awesome. Um, we just recently watched the uh, Texas one, the Texas two one, and uh, pretty cool, pretty interesting. I had no idea that a lot of that stuff was gone, so I thought that was really cool of you to. Do, do you approach them? Or do people come to you about doing those as a feature on a film? Um, <laughs> uh, it, you know, it, it varies. I mean, if it, it's it's tough sometimes because um, with the Scream Factory guys, they're so protective of the secrets of what they're working on, sure. what, what titles that they're wrangling, you know? Right. And it, it gets frustrating for me because I try to get them, like, you know, guys, I'm not going to say anything, just tell me um you know that way if it's one that i really love you know uh that i can do it or you know i I don't know if this particular title's been announced yet or not so i can't say what it is but there's a particular title being worked on right now that i actually rep five of the actors from the movie wow and it's like why wouldn't have you given me that one right (laughs) i mean I, I worked with five of those people. I could have easily gotten them, you know, piece of cake. Um, but, you know, I guess they don't always think that way. And so it, it's it's tough. Um, so that can get frustrating. Sure. sure. Because, like, I actually was talking to Jeff from Screen Factory just the other day, and I got him to kind of tell me a couple things that were in the works and you know a couple of them are like no no I really don't like that movie I don't really care Um, then he said one that I was like that one I would do for sure so you know if he hadn't told me that sometimes they just assign them to people and you know like with Chainsaw 2 they assigned it to Michael Felsher and because now I have my own production company Video Well Films and we've been doing um you know, bonus features in addition to the uh, Horus Hollow Grounds. Awesome. Um, you know, we did all, you know, we did the majority of the bonus features for the Halloween box set. There was a couple other people who worked on that as well, but we did uh, Halloween 4, 5, Part of 6, H2O, um, all those, like, making ofs were, right. were us. And, um, uh, the uh, like Village of the Dam that just came out, we did all that. Um, we did the we did the making of and the horse all ground. So occasionally Michael will reach out to me. This is how this is actually how I started working with Scream Factory. Michael reached out to me to do horse all grounds for Halloween two and three because he was trying to fill content for the uh, for the release. And you know you can only do so many interviews. And it's like you want to do something different. Um, so he said, hey, you know, would you be up to doing this? And, you know, when you're given one of these projects by Scream, they give you a set budget. And it's like, this is how much money you have to work with that you can, you know, basically, here's your money. You spend it how you want to spend it. But the way you're getting paid is what's left over. So right. um, that's, that's you know, that's kind of how that works. So. I mean, we're not paid based on anything. We're just given a budget. And if we can do it all for free, then we keep all that money. Right. 
but you know you never can do it all for free. <laughs> sure. So so that's how I originally got brought in. Then at some point, you know, all the guys I worked with, you know, it's funny, Michael Felsher uh, and some of the other people that do bonus features for Scream Factory hire my guys quite often to, to do them. Like, Michael will hire Buzz Wallach, who's my camera guy, to shoot interviews for him because uh, Michael's in, like, Michigan and right. most of the celebrities are out here in L.A., um, and then, I'd say 50% of the time, Michael hires Andrew Cash, my editor, to edit his pieces. So, you'll see their names all over on other people's stuff, but Video Well Films is me, uh, Andrew Cash, and Buzz Wallach. Although, recently, we sourced out because we got so busy, uh, and Andrew was busy, because he's a legit editor. He works on Legends of Tomorrow. He works on The Flash. He's a busy guy. Awesome. awesome. Um, we sourced out uh, ed- a couple editing jobs to Dave Parker. Uh, I don't know if you know who he is, but he he directed uh, The Hills Run Red. Yeah, yeah. Dead Hate the Living. And he also did Sweet Tooth and Tales of Halloween. That was his segment. I really liked Tales of Halloween. Yeah. No, I saw that. Andrew Cash directed uh, This Means War, which was a seg, you know, he edited and directed. That was the Halloween decoration one. It had, um. James Duvall. Yeah, James Duvall from Dying Darko. That's pretty and funny. Jane, uh, that was one of my favorite ones, I think. Oh, cool. And that's the one I'm in. Yay. Yeah. That one's really funny. Um, but, uh, anyway, so, yeah, we, what I was getting at is with Chainsaw 2. That was a deal where Belcher had been assigned that movie, and I guess since there's been so many goddamn additions to Chainsaw Two, right? What, what more can you really do as far as inter- you can only interview someone so many times about the same damn movie? So um, <laughs> I, he reached out to me because he needed content, and he's like, "Dude, can you do a horizontal grounds on this?" I'm like, "Well, you know, there isn't a lot left, but you know, we could we could put something together." And the thing that was unique about this one, he had he he came at me very last minute, and uh, we just really didn't have the time to do it. And so then he said, "Well, because I think at the time Buzz was working on a movie, and he he was like like producing a film, so he was busy every day for like twenty days." Um, and uh, so Michael said, well, what if I, I'll film it and edit it? Um, a little like, ugh. That's, I, I, I didn't like the idea because, you know, Horizontal Grounds is me, Buzz, and Andrew. And we have a style. We have a look. Sure. We know what we want. Like when, when I'm out filming with Buzz, he's thinking of what I'm going to say before I say it. You know, it's like we... We're in tune with each other. Sure. So I was a little leery about doing it with Michael, but I still wanted to do it, and I knew there's no way they're going to do another fucking edition of this movie. There's been too many. This is my last chance. Right. So, so I just said okay, and um, and you know it, it it wasn't a bad experience, but you know that when you you know you're used to working a certain way and you're working with someone else and. I got to kind of, hey, Mike, can you do it this way? And I, I just felt like, you know, it, it was a lot 
it was a lot more work than it should have been uh, just to get the shots the way I wanted them and then ultimately I wasn't 100% pleased with the episode uh, it, the fan response has been great people seem to like it yeah yeah we enjoyed but, it well I'm glad you know uh, and it's not knocking Mike Mike's great um, it's just there's things about it that feel off to me there's you know because he edited it himself there's a little there's some pacing issues that I so it wasn't the process you're normally used to no it wasn't it, it, and, and you know and there's a couple scenes that he admittedly he hadn't gone out and shot anything in a while and there's a couple there's a couple shots that are a little soft almost a little, t- slightly out of focus right. you know things that bother me that probably most people don't even notice um, well if you know you're an editor and stuff like that surely you, you catch that kind of stuff and it yeah, kind of bothers so you a little bit it is what it is um, you know it, 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 <clears throat> when, at the end of the day it was passable you know, right, just, right. Um, and and all, and the camera he used, the quality I didn't feel was as good as the camera Buzz uses. It, it, it didn't look as sharp to me. Sure. Uh, sure. If you compare it to our other episodes, so anyway, it, at the end of the day, it's fine. It's out there, but but this is a very 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 long answer to your one question. <laughs> no, it's great. We appreciate. That. No, we want that. That's great. Thank you. I'm trying to cover like everything. Please, so. yeah, that's what we want. So back to the original question. Yeah, they, you know, sometimes they'll just call me up and say, hey, are you up for doing a horizontal grounds for this? We already have so-and-so working on it. Uh, Like the one that we're about to jump into was one that was thrown at us last minute that they've already been working on. It's unannounced, so I can't say what it is. Right. But we're only going to do a horizontal grounds for it. So, um, but like session nine, which uh, we did all the bonus features for. Um, that one is one I've been begging for since I started working with them because one of right. my favorite movies. So I said to them, I said, hey guys, you've got to get, you know, if you get Session 9, I want it. And I was beating this into their fucking head. Like, Session 9, Session 9, session, I've been for like years. Right. One day, I'm on the phone with them. <laughs> and this is why you have to keep beating it into their heads. I was on the phone with them, and I'm like going over this and that. And, oh, do you want? I think we were working on Village of the Damned. Nice. And said, oh, do you want Bad Moon? Since you're already got an interview, Michael Pere for Village of the Damned, it'd be kind of easy if you did Bad Moon. And I said, well, not a huge Bad Moon fan, but why not? Since we are already interviewing Michael Pere, it makes yeah. sense. So, and then I just go, well, hey, what about Session Nine? Kind of as a joke. <laughs> and they go, oh, yeah, yeah, we just got that. And I'm like, are you shitting me? You you, you should have called me the second you got, you know. It's yeah. like, if I hadn't have brought it up, they probably would have gave it to someone else. And so you, you did me. lock it down with them. Oh, that would have drove me fucking nuts if they had <laughs> given it to someone else. Because, I mean, you know, occasionally a, a, a title comes along that you're like, God damn it, I can't believe. Like the one I just told you about, with, I rep like five people from the movie. Why mm. the hell did they give that to someone else? They should have given it to us. <laughs> Right. Know, I mean, I, are you involved with the? I know they just announced this. I know I was just curious because I know you've done a bunch of the Carpenter stuff. Is the the thing? Are they doing anything with that? Or well, uh, am I doing anything with it? Yeah, uh, yeah. I didn't know if you guys were asked to. No, that was that was that was another one that we were really disappointed about. I'm I, disappointed about that as a fan. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at the 
the extras they announced, you can't be really disappointed. Oh, no, no, just, I just thought it would have been cool if you guys could have been on it, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would have loved to, I, we were asked, we were asked to do, see, here's the thing, it was already assigned to Michael Felsher. Um, sure. And then I was contacted by Michael's producer, Heather, uh, about shooting a segment for them, uh, like we did. Uh, did you watch the Escape from New York? Oh yeah, yeah. With Alan? Yeah, that's what they wanted. They wanted they wanted us to do the exact same thing we did with Alan for the thing. Um, what about Ray? Timing wise, didn't work, so sure. I wasn't able to do it. Um, but other than that, um, yeah, I mean, we did all the bonus features for Escape from New York as well. Uh, we did. You know the, the whole thing with the uh, um, the Skotech brothers. Oh um, yeah, we did that bit. We yeah, we did the music one. I think there was even another one. Uh, I can't remember all. We did we did a few things for that one. Um, I wanted to thank you for the thing with Alan. I thought that was insightful and awesome. Oh thanks. Yeah, I mean I think they did something like that, but I guess when they reached out to Alan, Alan said, "Well, why don't you get Sean to come do it." Because um, we know each other, I've already done it. I actually live not too far from his studio. So, oh wow! But it, it happened. The timing. Uh, I was just out of town for two weeks, and they needed it done during that time. Right. So, anyway, that's part of the, it, the one thing that's kind of tough about doing these things for companies like Scream Factory is my schedule. I travel so much with the convention. <coughs> yeah. That, I can't. Uh, it, it's hard to to juggle it all sometimes. Sure. But, but yeah, so uh, it, it is a little bit, bit of a disappointment with the thing, just because I think every Scream Factory. Well, actually, I don't think we worked on body bags. I was going to say I think we've worked on every Scream. Factory. Yeah, I'm about to say you did a lot of them. Yeah, we've we've worked on every one uh, in some capacity, except for body bags, and now I guess uh, the thing. So, oh well, it is what it is. But uh, couldn't really do a horse hog drowns on it, <laughs> right? You're not gonna. <laughs> People there, there's a whole website called Outpost Thirty One where they 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 did what I do and they've gone out there. Really? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's there's not a whole lot to see. It's kind of kind of it's almost a little silly, you know. But <laughs> but you know, it, it, I would have done it, but. Anyway, no big deal. Like, a, you know, you stand in snow somewhere and says, where it was. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to tell you, that I've never told you this. Uh, I, I thought this was fantastic. On In the Halloween box set, I absolutely think you knocked it out of the park with the Danielle Harris interview. She gets so raw in that interview. Well, I'm glad, I'm, I'm, I appreciate that you noticed that because the funny thing is, you know, I've known Danielle, God, almost 20 years now and, wow uh, and when I contact when, when we got the, the gig and I contacted her about it the first thing she said uh, she said she, she said well, you know I said do you want to oh, damn it it's a phone call I need to take but I'll just call back <laughs> um, uh, I said Dan, I, she, she said you know seriously Sean what the fuck can I say about these goddamn movies that I haven't already said? That was literally what she said to me. And I said, you know what, Danielle, I know, and I knew you were going to say that, but I said, I'm going to 
approach this in a completely different way. I am going to ask you questions you haven't been asked. I said, trust me, I've thought about it. I'm not going to waste your time. And she said, okay. And, and you know, we really got into, we got into some, some shit that she's never touched on, you know. And I really tried to steer it away from the usual crap that we've heard a thousand times. Sure. It knocked me out of my chair. My wife and I were watching it, and I'm like, are you kidding me? I can't believe We rewound it. You know, it's like... <laughs> it was great. I loved it. I mean, all the special features on there are fun. That I thought... I love the that you had the Michael Myers uh, from... Was it the... From four or five, where you're walking around with him? Oh, five. Yeah. That was awesome. I love that. But, but the Daniel Harris interview just stuck out in my mind. Kind of like... Something else I wanted to mention that I thought was funny as a reoccurring thing was the Robert Rustler showing up. Yeah, yeah. They did that on the Halloween three thing. That That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. He's been in quite a few episodes now. Started with the first Elm Street episode was his first appearance. Of course, yeah. That was so funny. <laughs> Two Halloween three. He shows up in the fog. Uh, he shows up in Prince of Darkness. That was funny. So I thought that was cool. When you were doing the Halloween 3 thing, the uh, church from the fog is in that, you know, in that area where the mask shop used to be. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that the, the the fog, I thought that was, yeah, I felt like I was there with you. The whole thing where you're trying to go down to the light tower and the wind's so bad. And <laughs> Yeah, I, I bribed the, the, the security guard $100 just to let me go down there. Jesus. He, he wouldn't do it. <laughs> I would have let you hundred bucks. Yeah, why not, man? Yeah. You're good. You can go. I tried. I tried. But is it just something? Is it more expensive to do that, or they just don't like people going down there? No, you can go down there. It's just when the winds get to a. Storm, oh right, yeah, it's a liability he, thing. Yeah, that's that's what he said. He said, you wow. know, if you die, I lose my job. This <laughs> hundred dollars ain't worth nothing. So, um, you know, I was willing to take the risk, but they should they close at us. You know, when it gets a certain. Uh, speed, yeah. So, so, and it was gnarly. I ain't gonna lie. This the, the wind was whisk was going pretty hardcore. Oh man, you feel like you're there with you. It's going. It's like <laughs> turns into a, a fucking you know weatherman out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, it, it was a bummer because it was our only day. We had a super tight schedule. Our schedule was crazy tight shooting that, and uh, it's a long drive. You know when you see that the scene to Adrian Barbeau driving out to the White House. Yes. That's what it looks like. It's out way far away from anything. And it's these long, windy roads. And when you finally get to the damn thing, you know, you have to park and then you have to walk away. It, it's 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 not an easy location to get to. And it, there was no way we could come back. And it was just like, well... So you just had to get it. Yeah, we're just like, well, there it is. You know, it's like, <laughs> we, we got close. So... It's pretty awesome. Now, uh, I know coming out soon is the uh, Return of the Living Dead, which I'm really excited you did a Horrors yeah. Hollow Grounds for that. It's one of my uh, favorite horror films for sure. And oh, it's uh, funny. As, as you said that, I literally I, I got a phone call from Tom Matthews. Oh, wow. <laughs> I had, to, I had to, to, to deny it so we could talk. Well, I met I met him and he was a super nice guy. I love him and you know Friday Part Six. He's fucking amazing. Um, he's great. Shout out to Tom. You know that's awesome. Uh, yeah. All but I didn't 
Return of the Living Dead, all I did on that was, um, because they had quite a, I mean, you know, there was already a pretty good special edition out there. Yeah, yeah. And then they also acquired all the extras and the Mm -hmm. documentary from that Brains. Yeah, the More Brains thing, yeah. Yeah, so so they got that, and um, (coughs) so they already had a ton of content, Right. so they reached out to me to do a new commentary, mm-hmm. which I, I, I moderated a commentary with Tom Matthews, John Philbin, and Tony Gardner, makeup that's, artist. That's great. So that's on there. And then I did a new Horror Solid Grounds for it, which I was a little surprised because um, they did sort of a Horror Solid Grounds sort of thing in that more Brains documentary. Yeah. Like, did, did, did you see it? Yeah. Okay, so... They did that with uh, Beverly Randolph and uh, Brian. Uh, what's his name? Uh, played Scuzz. Uh, Brian uh, Peck. Brian, yeah. Um, so uh, I was like, when they approached me to do it, I, I was, you know, well, you, know, you kind of already have something. The funny thing is, when the More Brains doc was being made, I was approached by them to do it. Hmm. Uh, and for reasons I won't get into, I decided not to. To do that, um, but and, and then I think out of spite they went and made their own. Oh, uh, the funny part about I guess or the redeeming <laughs> part of that is that then it comes around later and Dream Factory's putting it out and they said, "Yeah, we didn't really like the one they did. We want to have you do it." <laughs> so, the, so uh, I, it's kind of that was kind of a nice little redemption, if you will. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I, I, I believe they're leaving off the other one uh, and putting mine on instead. So Oh, that's Great. awesome. Yeah. Now, is there anything you can say? Did you go to the, uh, if you can reveal it, did you go to the medical supply place and the cemetery and all that? or? Well, I did every location that they did in their version, except the only location I didn't go to was there was a, he went to the effect guy, effects guy's house, and I guess you could see, like, the molds. He had the movie molds. Oh, okay. I I mean, the only real location, as I guess he said, in somewhere that they had shot him crawling across the ground or something. I don't know. It wasn't really a relevant location, and it was somebody's <laughs> house, I, so I, I didn't go there. But I did go to a few locations they didn't go to. Um, there was the, the location where when you see the punkers driving and they go over the... Um, the railroad cross tracks. Yeah, um, I knew where that was. I did that. Awesome. And then the, the opening scene when they're driving in the car, talking. Uh, um, when you first see them in the car driving yeah. down, uh, it looks like a they're driving next to a reservoir. Yeah, uh, they did for whatever reason they didn't go to that spot either. So we did. So we basically, you know, did more than they did. Um, uh, I mean, the way you guys do it's more scene for scene. You know, it's like. Okay, this is the part of the movie where we're doing this, and you know. And that was the other thing that I thought was not good about. Not, I'm not trying to knock what they did at sure, all. Sure, sure. But I thought where they missed the mark was they didn't do what I do, which is show the footage and then show the the place. They yeah, didn't that's use what, any, any footage. It's they entertainment just, instead of like here it is. You know, you're like shot yeah. for shot. Like okay, this is the next part of the movie where. We're here now. You know, it's awesome. So. I try to match the shots. I try to recreate them if I can. You know? Right, yeah. Um, so, I think yeah, that's I, what I makes makes it more watchable and uh, 
it makes it a standout feature, and if not one of the, you know, prize features of the release, I think, so. I appreciate that. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think, I think, I don't know, I, I just try to make it like, um, uh, when I make an episode, I want to make it, the person watching it, feel like they're hanging out with me, like that we're just a couple fans going to these places and nerding out together. Right, that's exactly how it comes out, you know. Yeah, that's how I try to put it across, you know. That's what attracted us as fans to, you know, about watching it. It's it's so much fun. Like I said, like the, to go back to the fog a second, when you're trying to go down that thing, I, mean, I felt like where I was standing there on the <laughs> on the top of the stairs, you know. Yeah, well, that's 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 what I'm going for. So I guess it's working. Yeah, it is definitely. I'm really excited about the that Return of Living Dead. You know, I have the other two versions on Blu-ray that are put out. You know, the 30th anniversary one and that other one they did before that. Um, so that's July 19th on Screen Factory. I'm very excited about that. I've, uh, you know, I went to one of the conventions where they did the reunions. Um, this is in Atlanta years ago, the uh, Days of the Dead thing. And all those guys are super fucking cool. Um, I guess Tom is your is your favorite of the bunch for them, or at least the one you stay in contact with. Uh, well, I'm friends with most of them. Right. Uh, um, I just happened to be in contact with Tom recently because of the commentary. Sure. And um, the reason we're talking right now is for some promotional stuff regarding that release. It's awesome. But I, I, I wouldn't say like I'm. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not, like, super tight with any of them. Right. Uh, I used to be really tight with Miguel, but he's kind of fallen off. Um, yeah, he's he's doing a convention in Louisville for that Days of the Dead thing. I've never seen him on any of that stuff. Yeah, no, I used to book him for conventions. He did quite a few. Because uh, he's my favorite character, as Spider is on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's done quite a few conventions, but uh, since we stopped working together, he hasn't done conventions for quite a while. And uh, I guess now he's doing that one. Yeah, yeah it's just weird. I, he just kind of popped up on there. Now, you have one in uh, Indiana coming up in September, correct? Well, what do you mean? That, uh, the Horror Hound Festival thing, the convention? Well, yeah, it's not my convention. Oh. No, I don't I don't put on conventions. Um, I, I work with them. I, I, book, I book celebrities into conventions, so... Um, I do write for Horror Hound Magazine, you know, because I do the Horse Hog Grounds article. Right, of course. So I think people assume that I put on the convention, too, maybe. I guess, it seems to be there's a lot of confusion in that. I or at least you're a part of it some way. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but I'm no more a part of it than I am Wizard World or Walkstalker <laughs> or any, you know, right, any right. other ones I book people in, you know. But I just happen to also write for the magazine, so. Right. Are you going to be at that thing, or? Oh, and Horrorhound in Indianapolis. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I never miss their show ever. Awesome. Uh, it's, it's that I'd say it's it's probably my favorite convention. Is, is awesome. the shows the Cincinnati one is my favorite one, but I also love the Indianapolis one. I have quite a few favorites. I mean, uh, um, Texas Frightmare. Uh, oh, that was huge this year. Yeah, Texas Frightmare is always one of my favorites to do. Um, Chiller is always a good one. Monster Mania, New Jersey is a good one. I uh, love doing the Walker Stalker. I just, I mean, I know you have to be a Walking Dead fan, obviously. I right. Mean, I, I When I say I love doing them, I love, they're always well attended and they're really well run. I, I have a great 
experience uh, doing them, doing for, for what I do. You know. Yeah, I mean? of course. Um, I'm not speaking as a fan per se. Uh, as a fan, I'm more of a fan of the horror conventions. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, Walker Stalker's more of a, a logistical, professional uh, love for for how they well they run their shows. You know, right. And even though you know Wizard World, uh, even though the big Comic Cons get shit on all over by on the internet for people for being expensive and this and that. Yeah, I saw something recently about Wizard World. It's like, well, if you look at the people that you're meeting, I mean, I know that that's, that's they it. pump a lot of money into that stuff, but it's for the people that want it. You know, that, that's exactly. there. It, it, it's like bitching about you know a, a, a car lot. You know, over here they're selling Lamborghinis and Porsches, and over <laughs> here they're selling. It's like civics, and it's like yelling at the guy for you. How dare you sell a car for that? It's like money. being a Kiss fan and bitching at people to go to the the Kiss cruise. It's like, well, if, if there's people that pay for it, they're gonna go. You know. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. You know, it's expensive as fuck, but you know, if you want to go and you have the money, then do yeah. it. If you don't, it's not anyone else's fault. <laughs> yeah, my, my whole rationale or my the way I think in this, you know, when it comes to. You know, people bitching about the prices of autographs, the prices of tickets, the prices of photo ops. It's like nobody has a fucking gun to your head. Yeah, you don't have to do it. Nobody is telling you you have to buy these things. If you don't want to buy them, don't buy them. Right. I mean, it's like you know, if you know, I don't go on the go on the internet and rant that I can't afford a Ruth Chris steak and I'm I have <laughs> to go to McDonald's. You know, it's like it's a choice. You know, it's like I mean. It, it, it's like I don't know. It, it, it makes me crazy. It's if people. My favorite. This is my favorite. <laughs> All right. Get people come up to your fucking table at a convention. I, this happened just this weekend in in uh, in, in Philadelphia. I've seen some crazy yeah. stuff happen at tables. And, and they'll come up and they'll be like, "Oh, you know, I, I you know, because if I'm sitting with some, say I'm sitting with like Norman Reedus or somebody, right? Right, right. Of course. Somebody comes up and I said, "What can I get you?" And they're like, "Oh, I'm, you know, I'm just gonna say hi." It's like okay, that's fine. You can say hi, and then they're like, then they. It's always those people that are just gonna say hi. They want a picture and they want all the stuff. Yeah, they. I see that all the time. They never just say hi. The people that buy shit go through the line faster than the people that just want to say hi because they come (laughs) up and they start talking, and then then they always try to sneak in something. Could you just sign? Could you please just sign this real quick? Or can I just get a quick selfie with you? It's like, didn't you pay to get in here? Then what are you doing if you paid to get in here? Well, it's then I have to say, hey, look, you know, I'm sorry. That's not fair to all these people who are paying. You know, it's like, I, and then, then this is the best. This is, this is my favorite. This <laughs> and they're like, well, you know, I can't afford it. I don't have any money. I'm on social security right now. It's like, but what the fuck are you doing at a convention? If you're on social security and you're just getting by, why, why don't you be worrying about feeding your family or putting clothes on your back or exactly. head than worrying about autographs, you know? It's well, like, you know, even if you're not getting autographs, you know, there's still the vendors you can buy cool shit. I mean, conventions are about buying yeah, shit and, and having a good time with yourself, you know? Yeah, but it's just like, I don't want to hear your sob story about how you can't afford it because I have no sympathy for you because if you can't afford it, you shouldn't be trying to get it because there's more important things to deal with than autographs, you know? That's very true. Autographs are a luxury. If you can't fucking pay your bills and feed your family, that should be priority, not autographs. (laughs) 
was 100% agreeable on that. And, and that's why I have no, you know, I no sympathy for those people that, that fucking break out the violin and start to, you know, they start to tell their sob story. Well, and they're, they're doing it to somebody, like, you know, like you guys are work your ass off to be there and travel and, and, you know, make some money on the side, and then you got this guy like, oh, come on, just help me out. It's like, you know, yeah, it's like, you if know you're what? a fan, you should appreciate these guys and, and just, you know. We do charity work all the time. All right, we're here to do some. We're here to work. We're here to you know to make money. This is a job, you right. know. And you know, do, do, if you walk into McDonald's and walk up to the cashier and say, "Oh, I'm sorry, man. Can I just get a free burger? I'm on Social Security." Do you think they're just going to go, "Yeah, have a burger"? No, they're going to like get the fuck out of here. You know, <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's a business. You don't just come up and start asking for free shit. You know? Right. I mean, it's a business see, that's worth paying for because if you're going yeah, to a convention, you're there with money. You gotta, you know. If you bump into Norman Reedus on the street and you ask for an autograph or a photo, that's fine, and I'm sure he'll give it to you. Right. When you're in a setting where you're there to sell it, you it, it, that's not cool, you know. Yeah. It's, it's just you know. It's it's tacky to do that, I think. It's, but it's super tacky, especially when they come up you and they ask you me they come up to me first and give me the song and dance and i say no and then they walk over to the celebrity and try to put guilt them into doing it yeah they don't need to hear that shit it's like dude really what did i just fucking tell you (laughs) yeah i'll say that to him i don't give a shit i'll be like bro what did i just i just told you no you just asked me i said no now you're trying to guilt i go get the fuck out of here And, you know, you want them to be comfortable, too, the celebrities around people, and try to have good experiences. You know, I haven't really seen too many bad ones, but it is uh, frustrating to, to deal it's with that. those kind of experiences that turn celebrities off from doing these things. Yeah, know? I agree with that. Sean, I'll tell you one that I saw happen in front of me, just as a side note, where I saw somebody being rude. I had met Lou Ferrigno. He was super nice. This was at a little tiny, like, flea market-style uh, convention. And this guy walks up. I'm not even paraphrasing this. He walks up to him, and he's trying to get pictures and stuff. And when he didn't get it, he starts cussing him out. He started calling him a deaf fuck and all this stuff. I, mean, I was like, are you kidding me? I mean, it was awful. I couldn't believe because he didn't have, like, a handler or anything. And, and Lou was just like, look, I'm sorry. I'm not, you know, I'm here to make money. And the guy, like, flipped out on him. The guy went, like, postal on him. <laughs> but it's... Sad to see that people doing that. It's like you shouldn't even pay. I wonder sometimes how those people even get into the convention. Yeah, I, you know, there's certain ones. I mean, I can pick them out of a crowd. I do enough of these shows that I recognize them. I sure. know who they are. And when I see them coming, it's like, oh shit! <laughs> it's like I know, I know this guy's mo. I know every fucking trick in the book. You can't, you can't put these. You know, you know. Here's one of my favorite tricks that that. That, the, that people try to do they'll walk up with three items like f- say it's three action figures right you know it says a two item minimum or something like that no, no no minimum they can buy as many as they want it's per autograph so it's like well how are you getting all three of those signed no I can just I can only afford one I'm going to buy one okay they pay for it. which one are we getting signed oh I want to ask him which one he wants to sign that, <laughs> that's the oldest trick in the book lay all three down and, you know, there's a 50-50 chance that that celebrity will just sign all three. Right, right. You know, and 
no, I don't buy it. I don't play that <laughs> shit. It's like, nope, you know what? Pick one and put the other two away. You're not laying all three of them down. Pick one, you know? Because that's they, they try to do that because it's it's just it's one of the oldest tricks I've I've seen I've seen every fucking trick they try to pull. It's <laughs> like you know they, using the little kids is the best. You know they bring they here hand hand a, a, a fucking two year old a photo of Norman Reedus and and here have him walk up to him. You know oh you know oh sorry we couldn't afford to get it but you know. He's a big fan. It's like, he doesn't even know the fuck he is. <laughs> he's a toddler. He really likes your stuff, yeah. man. He loves Boondock Saints. He loves yeah. he Walking loves Dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, you know, they try to use the kids to get free stuff. Um, I just don't know why people would pay to get in somewhere and then just not have any more money. It's like, you know... Um, blows my mind, because conventions are something you have to save up for. If you want to have a good time, you want to do your thing... Save up a little bit of money. It's a vacation to do stuff like that, you know. Um, you know, I fold. I work full time and I do this, and you know, I still make the time and money to try and go out to some of these conventions and know how to have a good time. You know, I'm not trying to get shit for free because I, you know, they deserve to be paid for what for being there and what they provide. You know, it's yeah, the least I can do. It's like they've entertained me since I was a fucking kid, so it's the yeah. least I can do to give back somehow. You know, I just feel like these, you know, people don't realize it's, it's a job. You know, right. What I do as a job, what they do as a job, there's a lot of work that goes into what we do. Um, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's just rude. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, hey, I, like I said, man, you catch him outside fucking all day long, I could care less. Once we're in there and we're working, it's a, it's a different deal, you know? No. I mean, it's, uh, not trying to be a dick about it, but lately I've been getting pushed by so many of these people that it's to the point where I kind of feel like I have to be a dick about it because it's like it's just some people are just so rude and and insistent. Just uh, it's it's crazy, man. I right. mean, and, and in certain areas are the worst too, man. I mean, just like you gotta stand your hollowed ground. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's like. You know, I give away shit all day long. You know, I bring, I bring photos and stickers and all this. If, if a fan comes up that likes Horse Hollow Grounds, and I, I give my shit away. I'll sign anything for free. I give all that stuff away for free. It's awesome. You know, I mean, because I just appreciate the fact that somebody gets shit. You know, so, <laughs> of course. But anyway, that's that's my rant. I went off on a rant today. Oh, it's okay. Oh, it's good, man. You know. That's what we want to hear, you know. That's what we're here for. To I wanted to ask you about the uh, creep show. Mm-hmm. Now, is that going to be included in that creep show documentary, or is that what the creep show documentary is? Is that all you, or I don't know a lot about that Just Desserts thing, or yeah, what Just Desserts was was a documentary on Creep Show that was done by Michael Felsher. For an overseas release of Creepshow. Okay. Huh. So it came out overseas with the movie. Okay. Um, now, due to whatever issue with, um, I can't remember who it is. Is it Warner Brothers? Warner Brothers. Yeah, Warner Brothers. For whatever reason, here in the states, Warner Brothers are impossible to work with. Um, that's why you'll notice 
Scream Factory never releases anything from Warner Brothers. Right. Oh, yeah, we've talked about yeah, that. We actually mentioned that on Yeah, they episode. won't license their shit out to people. And uh, so anyway, Michael has tried to get the Just Desserts documentary picked up here in the States. They won't do anything with it. They won't put out a special edition of Creep Show. So what he decided to do was release it on its own. Like uh, I think he added new footage to it, added a bunch of new bonus features, commentary. I know the original uh, Scream Greats, Tom Savini, uh, doc, you know, documentary is going to be in there. Oh, okay. And that's never been released on DVD or Blu-ray in the States, only on video and Laserdisc. I have, I have the old Laserdisc somewhere. Wow. Uh, but uh, so that's the first time. So so Michael reached out to me and said, "Hey, would you like to do Creep Show or Saw Grounds uh, as a bonus feature?" And I said, "Hell yeah!" You know, big Creep Show fan. So, well, you know, unfortunately, not a whole lot of locations. So much of it was sets. Um, right. But we did what we could, and I think what we got is pretty cool. I think people will dig it. it turned out pretty good. It's short. It's probably like. 15 minutes long but it's, oh, wow. Oh, wow. it's still good yeah. so I don't is, know the release date on that I'm not sure if they I, I pre-ordered I think it's in July oh really yeah I think I, bu- I pre-ordered off Amazon so I've got a lot of stuff coming out we got the Return of Living Dead Creep Show Session 9 Bad Moon we didn't do a horse holograms for we just did the movie oh okay um and then, yeah, and Chainsaw 2 just came out. Village of the Dam just came out. The Village of the Dam was really cool. I thought they did. I thought that was really interesting. Uh, I never knew Carpenter wanted to remake Creature from the Black Lagoon. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I, I really kind of kicked myself. One thing I, because I, I did, you know, we did all the, the, we did the making of for that. Which oh, okay. I'm really proud of that making of. Cause yeah, it's great. I think the making of is better than. <laughs> I, I yeah, it was really cool. Um, but I did that interview with John uh, at his office and Sandy, his wife, at his office, and literally right behind me because you know they're looking at me. Right, right over my shoulder was a creature of the Black Lagoon maquette that um, that's awesome. Rick Baker, I believe. I think it was Rick. I want to Botine or Baker. I think it was Baker. I, Rick Baker had done a maquette for John for Creature of the Black Lagoon and I totally forgot to get footage of it like I should oh no but yeah it was just like oh my god we you're still there and saw it you know. <laughs> you know it would have been cool to show it like this is what it would have been you know I had never heard anything about that till I watched that so that was really insightful for me as a Carpenter fan I never knew that he wanted to do that yeah yeah so but yeah that was <laughs> that one was a lot of fun we got a lot of people on board for that um, I mean the only person we didn't get was uh, Kirstie Alley I think is pretty much the only and we didn't I don't think we tried to get that Crocodile Dundee chick right <laughs> we, we pause for just a second oh, yeah, yeah of course yeah I'm gonna piss real bad give me It's almost time, kids. The 
clock is ticking. Be in front of your TV sets for the horathon, and remember the big giveaway at nine. Don't miss it, and don't forget to wear your masks. The clock is ticking. It's almost time. Cool. Well, welcome back. My computer shut down on me. There we go. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so Village of the Dam, that one turned out really well. We got, we got, I think, some of our best reviews ever uh, on that one. That one and the Halloween box set are the ones we got the, the best reviews on. We won the Saturn Award for the Halloween box set. Really? That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, got it right over there. I think I actually saw a picture on a Facebook of you holding that. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty exciting. We've, we've been connected to projects that have won before, um, but it's the first time I physically got one. Um, the story behind how I got one is pretty cool. Uh, Malik Akkad, who runs the Halloween franchise, he was so pleased with what I had done, myself and Buzz and Andrew had done, uh, on the box set and he said to me, he goes, you know, we got nominated for a, a Saturn Award. He goes, if we win, I'm getting you one. It's awesome. And, I, and I'm like, really? And he goes, yeah. He goes, I, I'm absolutely, because the way it works is if you win, you get one. And if you want additional ones, you have to buy them. You know? Jeez. So he stuck his neck out. That's amazing. Yeah. So he said, if we win, I'm, I'm going to buy you. And I'm going to make sure you get one. So, uh, we won, and he kept his word, and he got me one. I was, I was blown away. You go there right next to all your your toys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the what I thought was really cool, uh, the village of the damned. Another feature that I thought was interesting that got brought up. I never knew as a Chris Reeves fan, that that was the horse that he kept, you know, during shoots that he would ride is the one that eventually threw him. Yeah. That was, that blew my mind. I never knew about that. And you're a huge Superman guy, you know. What was that? I'm I'm a huge Chris Reeves Superman guy, so I thought that was really insightful. Yeah, and he, that was his uh, last movie, you know, that he, walking, you know. That was just, you know, he, he had the accident just a couple months after. That's crazy. To get the footage of that, I was like, wow, you know, just to hear them talk about it. Because I was like, I believe it was John was the one talking about it. I was like, holy shit. I mean, that, that, that floored me when I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, did you, did you, one of my favorite things uh, was um, we were interviewing uh, Peter Jason. Yes, that was great. And you know, he just started to tell stories, and I and and I was just like, oh my god! As we're interviewing him, because we were just interviewing him as part of the the whole doc, right? And I'm just sitting there going, man, this guy has got stories. Oh yeah, and he's great. So I just said to Buzz, I said, hey man, I'm going to take this in a different direction. I'm going to have, um. I'm going to ask him if it's cool if we go, because he's been in seven Carpenter films, if it's cool if we go movie by movie. And 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 I said, I think this will be a, a feature on its own. And and Peter was cool with it, and I did that. 
and that's why we ended up having that standalone Peter Jason. Feature. It was awesome. Yeah, because he just tells the greatest stories, and he was the only one that had the balls to to actually tell true stories about Christopher Reeve. Because <laughs> when the camera was off, there was a lot of not not so nice things being said about Chris Reeve. Um, that that he was very difficult and a bit of a diva, and there was big fights on set. Right. And and, and Peter was the only one who actually told a story that wasn't you know just people you know. Superman, Christopher Lee, Reeve, he's very beloved, and, and, and sure, you want to bite your tongue about it, you know. And yeah, you know, he's dead, and the accident, and everything, and nobody wants to speak ill of him. But it's like, hey, what happened happened, you know? What happened happened exactly. So it's like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I love that you got him. To, uh, Peter was talking about, I guess, him and John getting into it. Yeah, that was fucking amazing. <laughs> no, they had some big fights apparently, and one was so bad that. Chris just stormed off set, you know. Yeah, I thought him talking about it floored me that you got that because I was like, wow. I mean, I thought that was, as a fan of both, it was just insightful. I was like, wow. Yeah. And so for the releases, I actually have dates up. You got uh, that Justice Earths comes out July 12th. Yeah. And then you got July 19th, you got Return of the Living Dead, Bad Moon. On the July same 19th. same day, yep. And then August sixteenth is uh, session nine. August sixteenth. Yep. So you can all be on the lookout for those releases and uh, pick that shit up. <clears throat> Definitely be getting most of those for sure. <laughs> on the Bad Moon, you did a commentary track with Michael. No. Oh, you did on, not. On Bad Moon, all we did was a documentary. Okay. Well, I wanted to ask you about a commentary track that I'm incredibly fond of. I've talked to Corey about it a bunch. The commentary track you did with Wes on Deadly Blessing is one of my favorite things you've ever done. Wow. <laughs> I think I think you really got him talking. I've never heard him talk like that. Well, you know, I'll tell you a funny story about that. <laughs> uh, okay, so Michael Felcher has this... Uh, as much as I love you, Mike, I'm going to tell some truths about you here. Mike, <laughs> heard Mike tends to wait to the last second to do things. He has a, He's a busy guy. Right. I, I can respect him and totally relate to being busy. He's a busy guy, but he has a, a habit of waiting to the last second to do things. And he called me up at like 8 in the morning and said, Hey, Sean. Uh, would you be willing to do an audio commentary with Wes Craven today for Deadly Blessing? <laughs> and, I mean, it's like 8 a.m., and I'm like, when? And he said, like, I think it was like 3 o'clock today, 3 in the afternoon. Right. So I'm thinking, okay, it's up in L.A., it's about an hour and a half drive for me with traffic. Like, okay, um, so... And I'm like, well, here's a problem, Michael. Um, I've never seen the movie. <laughs> oh, my God. So, and I don't own the movie because it's never been released on DVD in the U.S. Right. And I'm like, uh, okay, let me let me get back to you. So, I, uh, I called a friend of mine who happened to have the Region 2 DVD uh, release. It came out overseas on DVD. Wow. And he rushed it over to me. 
and I and I watched it, took notes, and jammed up, sat down with Wes Craven and watched the movie and did a commentary. I mean, talk about like cramming, cramming for an exam. <laughs> Especially like the nightmares and you know stuff like that, you know. And then he did it to me again on Swamp Thing. (laughs) (laughs) Which I haven't seen that movie since I was like four. Did you all do a commentary track on that one? Yeah, I did one with Wes for Swamp Thing also. That's amazing. That's that's awesome. I was actually going to ask you if it's okay because I I don't know all this and I I want to know because as a fan because like I said the Deadly Blessing one played like you'd seen it a thousand times. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, it was yeah. <laughs> how many how many commentary tracks have you done with someone? Um, let's see. I did so I did with two with Wes Craven, Deadly Blessing Swamp Thing. Okay. I did Halloween three with uh, Rob G from uh, Shockwaves and Killer POV. Okay, and, awesome. And uh, Tommy Lee Wallace. Um, and then I did. I moderated the Fog commentary with Adrian Barbeau, Tommy Lee Wallace, and Tom Atkins. Okay. And I moderated H2O with Jamie Lee Curtis and Steve Miner. Oh, wow. Um, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, looking around. <laughs> I'm probably forgetting something. Oh, well, I just did Return of the Living Dead with Tom Matthews. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Uh, Tony Gardner. Uh, oh, I, I moderated Escape from New York with Adrian Barbo, D and Dean Cundy. Oh, nice. There's probably something else, but I'm forgetting. I don't. That's that's all I can think of right now. It's a good no. list. Yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> okay, here's here's you another one. This this <laughs> this is one I've been dying to ask you this. Of the ones you can speak of, you know, just we'll, we, we can stop with uh, uh, either Creep Show or Return of the Living Dead if you want. Uh, what about Horrors Hollowed Grounds? How many episodes have I done? I'm, yeah, I'm curious because I feel like I've seen most of them, but I'm sure there's stuff I'm missing. There's also the locations of the article stuff you do for Horror Hound, too. Um, oh, God. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a lengthy one. Oh, <laughs> Because you know, on the 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 horror hound stuff, he did you know some of the nightmares and the poltergeist and shit like that. Um, I know you've done quite a bit on those, but I guess we'll go with just the uh, just the, the horse halt. Yeah, the video. There's definitely um, there's definitely articles. I wish I could have turned into episodes. That's for sure. Now, some of those I was reading, I was like, God, this would have been fucking awesome for a release. You know, stuff I would love to see. But you know, reading it was pretty cool too. You know. So. Session 9 is one that I never thought I was going to get to make. Um, so I'm very happy I got to do that one. Um, but as far as video episodes I've done, let's see, I did Halloween, uh, Halloween 2, Halloween 3, Halloween 4, Halloween 5, Halloween 6. Uh, I did a, a bus tour episode. 
I love the bus tour. Yeah, I thought that great. was awesome. Um, I did Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part One, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part <clears> Two. <throat> uh, I did Nightmare on Elm Street Part One. Um, did The Howling. Did The Fog. Did Prince of Darkness. Uh, Village of the Damned. Creep Show. Session Nine. Return of the Living Dead. And I think that's it so far. They're all so great. I I think I've even told you before, uh, just chatting with you, uh, just how much the them being on the release means to me. It's it's one of my favorite things. I would rather hear you talk about it than half of the other people that are involved in it. It's just fun to see, you know, to get to see the locations that I'll never get to go to, and it, and it does when when you and your team are doing it definitely because. Until you said something earlier, I would have. I, I, it makes sense. The Texas two one fell off. I didn't. I, it makes sense that you didn't have your guys with you. Yeah, I, it, you know. Again, I'm not knocking. Oh no, it's cool, but I, I did feel like it but felt. It, it, it felt different. Yeah. Yeah. You guys it project a certain vibe too. Yeah. When I watched it, it just flowed different. <clears throat> sure. It just had a different. You know, because I mean, Buzz has a like a certain way of of. Like moving the camera at the right time, like he'll know when I pause in a certain way to push in or to pull out, or we, we just have we have a style, you know. And you you start to develop a style, and uh, it, when that is missing, you know, I, I you know for me, I could just feel it, you know, in that particular episode. Right, it's your it's, shit too, you know. You want it to be the way you've always done it, and it's kind of. That, the Halloween 3 one, uh, something I, I've always wanted to ask you this and never had a chance to. Uh, what was going on with the guy at the motel that was like... <laughs> I was like... That's probably the most asked question I get. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be cheap with it, but it I, it's, it's was really weird. It's like this guy's loaded or... <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's literally what it was. The guy was just like a crackhead or something. I mean, he... Uh, <laughs> We, we walked over there. It was me. Uh, and Tommy. Tom, Tommy. I think Buzz's dad might have been with us. I can't remember. That's crazy. But we, we walked over there, and we were with the property owner, the guy who... There was a guy who manages most of the properties in that town, and he was with us, and he led us in to the factory. He led us in to the, uh, the old store. Right, right. And uh, we're walking over there, and uh, the guy says, hey, I'm just going to, there's this one resident living here, because we're at the, what is what was the Rose of Shannon Motel. Right. It's, it's now, those units are being rented as apartments. You know, wow. They're, it, they're really shitty. You know, yeah. So the the shithole area. And one of them, it just said, uh, written in like, Sharpie or something, it just said sink with an arrow pointing to it. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of funny. Uh, so he uh, he goes. I'm just gonna let this guy know what what you're doing, so he doesn't freak out. I'm like, okay, whatever. Excuse me. I said, okay, whatever. So I'm standing there talking to Tommy and Buzz, and we're trying to decide where we're gonna start, what we're gonna shoot first. And all of a sudden, I hear this guy start yelling, and we look, and this guy is standing on the porch next to the dude that said I'm going to let him know and he just starts cussing at us and he's just like motherfucker blah 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 you know he 
you Hollywood motherfuckers and this and that. <laughs> and um, <coughs> someone doesn't um, have a Blu-ray player. <clears throat> and, and he clearly didn't understand what was going on. Right. Uh, and he was, like I said, I'd say meth, you know, or something. And the guy was just tweaked out of his mind <laughs> and yelling. And the funniest part of it, we looked at the guy immediately, and I, I shit you not, in stereo, me and Buzz turned and looked at each other and said, Killer Bob, because he looked exactly like Killer Bob from Twin Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and unfortunately, we couldn't show his face. Yeah, I was blurred out on the thing. Yeah, it's we funny. had to blur him out. Um, but I didn't know, as he's yelling at me, I give all the credit to Buzz for having the foresight to turn the camera on um, and start filming. Uh, so he just starts filming. I didn't, and the whole time that confrontation is happening, I have no idea the camera's on. Like Buzz did. <laughs> Buzz, wow. Buzz just turned it on and was holding it. Uh, he wasn't like he didn't have it on his shoulder like he was filming. He was just kind of holding it down here, you know. And he didn't know yeah. it was on either, or he knew he was just kind of. No, I didn't. Wow. Either, not, nobody knew it was being filmed. For <laughs> whatever reason, the guy kind of focused on me. And he, he kept yelling directly at me. He's looking at me, and I'm just like, what the fuck, you know, fuck you, you know? And <laughs> and I remember he said, yeah, you know, he kept going, yeah, go back to Hollywood, you motherfuckers. And, and Tommy Lee is like, hey, man, I'm from Berkeley, man. You know, he's just like a you know, hippie. Yeah. And, and then, and I said, not from Orange County. And then Buzz is like, well, yeah, I live in Hollywood. <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> Anyway, he, uh, you know, he just started, like, whatever, like, cursing at me, and I just, uh, whatever I said to him, oh, fuck you, you know, I'll, let's go, you know. And, <laughs> and I started taking my, my hoodie off, like, you know, because I'm, you know, I'll fucking beat this guy's ass. And, and then, the, then the guy goes back into his apartment, and then I remember Tommy going, oh, shit, man, you shouldn't have done that. And I'm like, why? And he goes, he may come out with a gun. And I was like, oh shit, I really didn't think about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's uh... And then the guy does, he comes out with a baseball bat. Right? Jesus. And at that point, the, the fucking home, the owner guy intervened and like got in front of him. And yeah, like, of course. Popped him down. So, anyway, what happened at that point, you don't really get. You don't get this backstory of oh, what really happened. He then tried to fuck up everything we did. Like he he stayed on his porch, but he yelled. He he every time the camera pointed in his direction, he stood there with his middle finger out, like flipping us off. That's awful. Yeah, and we had to film the unit next door to his. Literally sharing a wall with him was the room that Tom Atkins and Stacy Nelkin stayed in. And that's where me and Tom, Tommy Lee Wallace, are filming in there. <laughs> and you're, and Tommy's like, you know, I'm standing right where they had sex. I was yeah. right here. <laughs> you hear him through the wall, like banging on the wall and yelling, and just trying, just trying to mess it up, you know. It's fucking annoying. Yeah, but there is one scene you can see him if you look closely. You got to look, look for it. There's a shot we're shooting across the street from the gas station, and it's kind of a tight shot on Tommy's face. Right. And Tommy's talking, 
if you look just over Tommy's shoulder, blurred out in the background because he's you know way across the street. Yeah, I is standing on his porch, flipping us off. <laughs> if, if you look closely, you can kind of make it out. But uh, it's it's funny, yeah. So yeah, that's all that happened. You know, some people think it's fake, like we staged it. No, you can tell it's just no. Like, you can tell it's real because it just here. starts happening. Yeah, and we get shit happening to us like that all the time. We go to, you know, we go to metal concerts a lot and try to meet people and uh, talk to them. And we always get some drunk asshole. that's just like, "Hey, man, you like nachos?" I'm like, "What are you doing here?" I don't. He's just like, "I like corn." It's like, "All right, that's cool, man." I don't know what you're trying to fuck up. Have you all run into that before where the camera didn't catch it? Um, we've had people, you know, threaten us or whatever. We're gonna call the cops and. That shit happens all the time, right? And and um, I just uh, I just uh, you know I just go okay, go ahead, you know, because it's like by the time we're done, I mean we're gonna be out of here before they get here, you know. Yeah. Like we had some real resistance on uh, what actually when we were shooting the Halloween episode yeah, on on the street, which is uh, Orange Orange Grove, right? Uh, which is where the Wallace and Doyle houses are. Yeah, yeah, I know that. I remember yeah. watching that. We were filming on that street, and some neighbor walked up and said, do you have a permit to shoot here? And we said, no. And he goes, you have to have a permit to shoot here. And said, actually, legally, we can film from the street without a permit. Well, that's not true, and I'm calling the police. And we're like, okay, have, go ahead. You know, go <laughs> you know. I mean, yeah, so it's like... Some people are trying to be buttholes. Yeah. yeah, you know, or you get people try to ruin shots or just... Uh, you know, like we had a guy recently at, uh, on the uh, Return of the Living Dead episode. We had a guy walk up to us and say, "What are you doing here?" Uh, when we were shooting, we were shooting outside the Unita building. Yeah, uh, the Unita building's right next to an alley, which is the alley where they have the brigade and like the the, the uh, army guys and the, and the big. Uh, they all start running at them. Down right. The alley. <clears throat> it's when they're about to press the button. <laughs> yeah, Linnea bites the guy, you know. Yeah. Um, so we're standing there filming, and this guy pulls up in a car, and he says, what are you What are you doing? I said, oh, we're, you know, we're doing this thing for Return of the Living Dead, blah, blah, blah. You can't, be, you can't film on this property. We're like, okay. And he just drives, and we're like, whatever. You know? <laughs> and it's like, you know. And that was that? He didn't, nothing... Yeah, no, he's like, he's like, you can't film on this property. Just being um, a stickler, I guess. And I, and I just said, well, okay, I can literally walk ten feet that way and legally film, you know, because that's a sidewalk, and I can film from there, you know. Right. So that's what we did, and then, then a guy, we're filming the Unita building. A guy walks out and says, "What are you doing?" And I and I said, "Oh, you know, this is what we're doing." I said, "Is this? Do you own this building?" And he said, yeah, he lives there. There's a guy that lives there. Wow. And uh, and he said, yeah, I'm brushing my teeth, and I look out the window, and there's a camera pointing at me. And I said, oh, sorry. I said, you know, blah, 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 this is what we're doing. Would you mind if we actually walked on the property and, and filmed around it? And he said, no, that's fine. So cool. he gave uh, you know, awesome. after one dude said we couldn't film on the property. This guy that owns this thing said we could, so... Right. You, know, you, you never know what you're going to run into. My, 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 it's been my uh, experience that 
the best way to deal with this stuff is to never give them a chance to say no. Never give them time to think about it because if you call somebody, say if I contacted a homeowner ahead of time and said, hey, we're coming to town, this is what we're doing, we want it. We want to you know, film your house, nine times out of ten, they'll think about it and say, you know, we'd rather you didn't. Right. Where if you show up, knock on the door and say, hi, this is what I'm doing, we're here just today, you know, we have to leave tonight this is the only chance we can do this do you mind if we do it put on the spot nine times out of ten they'll just say okay you know but if you give them a chance to think about it they'll, they'll be like, oh maybe we shouldn't you know some good advice actually <laughs> yeah, that's how I do it you know, right. I had an experience like well I'll give you an example uh, the Chainsaw 2 episode since I was working with Michael and right. Michael has this girl named Heather who's a producer she started contacting places asking for permission and right. everybody was saying no uh. you know and it was like shit you know uh, or no excuse me I take that back it was on Creep Show that's what it okay. we did it for Michael so she started calling places and asking for permission and the one that she reached out to was was the owners of the Father's Day house oh wow that's pretty and, cool yeah, and then it went to their attorneys, and, stuff, and then, and of course, they came back and said no. That's just a fucking legal mess for nothing. You know? Yeah. Whereas, if if you wouldn't have done that, because I did not ask her to do that, nothing right. against her, she didn't know, she's doing her job. Right. But the way I do things, I would have just drove up to the house, started filming, waited for somebody to walk out, and go, oh, oh, hey, hi, this is what we're doing. And if they said leave, well, at least we got the footage we Yeah, got. You, you traveled all the way there, you got what you can get, and if they say fuck off, then I guess you can just, you know, it's like, yeah. well, I got something out of it, you know, instead yeah. of just straight getting, you know, walled and uh, having yeah, somebody yeah. say no from the start, then, they, then they're looking out for you, like, what if, what if he shows up, he, he was trying to be here today, you know. Yeah, you're best off just playing dumb. That's what I do. I just <laughs> oh, hey, oh, sorry. Oh, what? Mm, didn't know. You know. Right. And and you know, usually, you know that you know, like if a cop drives up while we're filming, you know, because you know you're supposed to have permits and shit whenever you shoot stuff. Like sure. That. Yeah. If a cop drives up and says, "Hey, what are you guys doing?" We're like, "Oh, we're just shooting a little thing for YouTube," you know, or. He's a college student, and I'm helping him out because Buzz looks like he's 15. Like, <laughs> you know, and so we just make up some bullshit. You sure, know? yeah. You got to do what you got to do to get it get it out there, you know. Well, I've lied my way into so many locations. I mean, <laughs> straight up fucking lied through my teeth uh, to, to get into places. Right. Uh, I mean, because if they... Here's the problem. If you tell them... It's for the DVD release, Blu-ray release, blah, blah, blah. This company's doing it. They immediately think, oh, they got money. Yeah. Right. We should be paid. We should right. Be paid, you know. Yeah, you don't want to yeah. project that. Well, because well, we don't have money. I mean, we're, we're, we're given such a small budget. It's like we don't have money to, to pay. I mean, you have like, money to go do that, and that's it, you know. Yeah, I mean. Whatever's left over might be nothing. We ran into a big... A big uh, issue with, like, Bill Johnson from, you know, who was Leatherface and Chainsaw 2. Sure. You know, Caroline Williams was like, oh my God, you know, Bill will love to do this with you guys. Just, you know, contact him. You know, I'm sure it'll take you out to the locations. It'll be great, blah, blah, blah. Right. Bill wanted to be paid. <laughs> and Bill would not budge. 
I want to be paid. I know they're making money off this. I want to be paid. And I'm like, dude, this is for the fans. This is this is like this is like a passion project. We're we're not making actually I didn't make anything on the chainsaw episode. I made no money on that episode. Right. That episode was literally I did it for the fans, for fun. And I'm uh, sure Gunner didn't ask for a paycheck, you know. Michael covered my expenses. I mean, that was literally it. Wow. Uh, and, uh, you know, we did that for free. So, you know, Bill asking for thousands of dollars to, to make an appearance on that. It's like, dude, it, it ain't going to happen. It's you fast. Know? I mean, it's like, and, and Caroline was kind of like, you know, she was really disappointed by it. She, I'm sorry. I thought, you know, yeah. I'm sure he would, he would want to be involved. And I'm like, He's, not for free. He's apparently not. I tried adding him on Facebook because I'm friends with Dan Yeager, and Dan was like, "Add Bill. It'll be he'll get a kick out of it." He messaged me and told him to never send him anything. It's his private page, and he didn't care. And I was just like, "Okay, I'm sorry." <laughs> so I guess he's not a into his fans unless I don't know. I you know I all I can say is what I you know what happened is what happened. I ain't gonna say, and you know I've. Other than that, I've had good experiences with the guy. Sure. Um, uh, I was just a little shocked by the way he approached it. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's, you know. I mean, uh, (laughs) I was just like, okay, Rockstar, talk to you later. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, you know, I mean, it's like you've got one thing that you're known for in your entire life, and and this is probably the last time it's going to come out. And, I mean, unless there's another format beyond Blu-ray, which... We're not going to have a 4K it. release of this movie, I don't think. I, I don't see there being anything <laughs> beyond this, you know, because, I mean, physical media is dying as it is. Right, that's so, very true. And this, you know, they package so much shit into this, you know, it's great, so they don't really need anything beyond that. This is probably last chance to be on something and be relevant. And yeah. And if anything, it promotes yourself as you, and it's one more thing. Fans are going to bring you to a convention to autograph and stuff. Why not contribute? Yeah. You know, whatever. And, you know, I, I, people, you know, you know, it's like just because maybe you feel like you were screwed over in the past for something doesn't mean I'm the guy who did it. You know, I'm just trying to. I'm trying to put together something cool for the fans. Yeah, know? and if you're shedding some light, you know, some uh, new footage or. You know, going back to the source um, for the fans, it's, you know, I think he appreciates it, but I think he approached it wrong. I'm not sure. It's just... Uh, yeah, I mean, it was really, it was, <laughs> it was really kind of uh, blunt and yeah. to the point of, uh, I mean, it, I, and I've known the guy for years, and that's the thing that really kind of blew my mind, is he just goes, contact my agent. And I'm just like, well, no, no, this isn't a convention thing this isn't an acting thing this is this contact my agent i was <laughs> like okay well you know there's no money here i know there's money contact my agent I'm like and then he sends me this uh there's a famous rant from harlan ellison about working for free uh right where, and harlan ellison is you know uh i don't know if you know anything about him or know about this particular rant but he's basically viewed by everyone as just an incredible asshole. So, <laughs> so it was just like... Sounds fun. You know, here, like, here's this thing I'm sending you. 
basically this complete asshole ranting about you know being greedy. Right. This is what you're using to defend what you're doing. Okay. All right. All right. Fine. That's fine. You know, it is what it is. I'm not gonna. You know, I, I still like Bill. He's a nice guy. I just thought that he handled that poorly, in my opinion. But yeah, I nice. agree with that. I can't. Uh, you know. I thought the uh, to switch gears again. Uh, I thought the footage on the first Halloween of you with Jamie Lee Curtis was really interesting. Oh, you mean the night she came? Yes, home. I thought that was fantastic. Thank you. That was uh, that was unexpected. I mean, she literally called me the day before she left to for Indianapolis. She called me up and said, "Hey, my brother-in-law and my sister." want to come and film everything uh, are you okay with that and is Horror Hound going to be okay with that and I said absolutely you know why, why would they have a problem with that but yeah do it go for it you know now I really didn't know what it was for I didn't know what they were doing and then you know they followed us around everywhere filming everything and I was just like oh shit okay um, and then you know she said okay you know, my brother-in-law is going to cut this together as like a documentary. And I, I said, okay. okay. And then they sent me rough cuts and I watched it. And while that was happening, Malik, <coughs> me, Malik had reached out to me about footage for a new edition of Halloween, like, you know, like bonus feature stuff. Right. And, and so I said, hey, guess, you know, guess what? We've got this documentary that you know her brother shot. Would you guys be interested in it? And we sent it to them. They loved it. And then, then there was a whole. There was some legal issue with it. I don't know. They were getting all like, you have to change this. You have to cut this. Things just got really legal and, and lame, which is what can happen, right. unfortunately, in this with what I do too. I mean, I. I can get into that in a minute, but but basically, you know, they wanted them to change all these things and cut all these things out, and and at the same time, they were asking Jamie to do a new audio commentary with John, right? Okay. So Jamie just said, "Look," she put her foot down. She's awesome. She put her foot down. She said, "You know what? Uh, you take this documentary as is, or I'm not doing the commentary." That's fucking awesome, man. Yeah, and. And they basically said, okay, we'll take it as is. <laughs> and uh, we got to keep it exactly the way they wanted it, you know, the way her brother-in-law edited it. That's great. And, you know, it came out on the Blu-ray and then eventually in the box set as well. And believe me, it's, it's a trip, you know, because I never, when it was happening, I never expected it to be released anywhere, you know what I mean? Right. It was just me being me at a convention what I do and uh, um, she doesn't do a lot of conventions does she that's it one and only that was the only okay one. that's what I thought because I had somebody challenge me on that recently I'm like I think that was it they did a huge Halloween thing and she came out to it and that was that's it the only one yeah yeah she, I mean she she's gone to like San Diego Comic Con right right for like Scream Queens but yeah. it's not she, you know, that's not that doesn't count as doing a convention, right? Yeah, that's a whole another world of you know. Yeah. Now, as far as the uh, hologram stuff you've done, uh, including the, the article stuff, just being on location, what was the one that you know 
I guess made you feel the most proud that you were doing that you when you when you got to the location you were like holy shit it's like fucking Disney World for you. <laughs> well, my favorite location, hands down, was the Danvers Insane Asylum from Session Nine. So that, that's my favorite location ever, and I really emphasize that on the episode at the end. I, I pour my heart out about how amazing that experience was, but. Um, but as far as when I went to a location specifically for, uh, see, that's a diff- the difference on the Session 9 one was, uh, and I know you guys aren't familiar with that movie, you really need to see it, amazing movie. Um, it takes place in an abandoned, an insane asylum, a real abandoned, insane asylum. Now, where's that one? Uh, where was the location? It was in Danvers, Massachusetts. Okay. And um, it's since been torn down. Uh, and they. There is one section of the building still standing. They've converted them into fucking luxury condos. So it's, we went back there to show it as it is today. But when I went there back in 2004, I broke in there with some huh. other, like urban explorers. Right. And I shot all this footage in there just as a fan. I wasn't. I had never made a show yet or anything. I was just shooting footage. So we edited all this footage I shot inside there into the episode. Right. With footage so so to get back to what you're asking a a location i went to for the show to Mm -hmm. shoot an episode but what i was most excited about was probably halloween three oh yeah that was fucking great lolita with tommy lee wallace was really it's cool how you did it too because you got to the actual town part and then it's like and we're here with tommy lee wallace and i was like oh this is great I mean, that was like serious nerd boner. Yeah, seeing the factory and all that stuff, it's still basically the same, you know. I've been there. I've been there a couple times prior. But going there with Tommy um, was such a treat. And and I'll tell you what, that was not an easy task to pull off. What we had to go through to get there um, we, it was crazy. And then Tommy drove... I think Tommy drove five hours to meet us. Damn. Wow. Yeah, so it, it, you know, he really, I, I, I still am shocked that he did that, you know. Um, but I'm so glad he did because having him there to tell those stories just made that episode epic, you know. Because I remember with the, the mask shop, you guys weren't completely sure, but he was pretty fucking certain that was it. And when you guys went in there, he was like, oh, yeah, you know. This is yeah. how we shot it, you know, just kind of not through the whole, you know, we only used about a half of the space, and, you know, that was really neat. And well, the funny thing is, I had always heard that that mask shop was in Sierra Madre, which right. is up in the Fog Church, and I've looked at all those buildings, and I'm like, I couldn't find one that looked like it, and we were talking about it, and we're standing in front of this one, and we look into it. And he's like, I think it was here. And I'm looking inside. Yeah, it was so cool that he, and, he just And knew. as I looked inside, I pulled up the footage on my, my Blu-ray player or my DVD player. I'm looking at it. I'm noticing the architecture and all the, you know, like the, there's some poles in there. And there's right. Some, like, uh, like uh, what do you call that? Around, the, uh, fuck, I forgot what you call that. The one, around, like, the base of the ceiling. What are those called? The murals? No, they're... <laughs> It's like when you, uh, oh God, there's a name for them. Anyway, banister. Yeah, architecture. The, the, I, I, it matched. I was 
like, oh shit, this is definitely it. Right. You know? And 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 then it was it was really cool to discover that with them. And I'm like, oh my god, I've been here. This is the third time I've been here. I never noticed this was it. You know. So. I thought that was great. The the bar was fucking cool. I didn't know, you know, I wasn't sure. That's still a functioning bar. I always wanted to. Uh, yeah, you were having a drink there. I thought yeah, that was awesome. You reenacted the, you know, the television thing. I uh, always wanted to go there and go to that bar because I don't know what it was. That bar looks awesome. Yeah, too. I just always wanted to go there. I was like, well, it's probably not functioning anymore. And you go there, and it's like, yeah, now it's it's got a window instead of that doorway when you know uh, Doctor Chalice comes in there and Tom Atkins or whatever. And it's just, you know, it's pretty fucking cool. I really enjoyed that, you know, to see that that shit's still there. Yeah, I think that window was there. I think they just blacked it out for the movie. Yeah. To make it look really dark in there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that bar hasn't changed much. It still has the same mural behind the bar. It still has the same paintings. Yeah, the um, paintings were just switched around or whatever, but they're still it's, there. It's called the Buccaneer. Yeah, that's great. It's, so it's right down the street from... Right down the street from the Fog Church. Yep. And it's also in the same town square from the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers where they're taking the pods out of the truck. Yeah, they said that that was what they were, you know, Tommy mentioned that, that they really wanted to get the Invasion of the Body Snatchers not in there, especially with the ending and all that. I thought that was really neat, you know. And it's also the same town from Return of the Living Dead Part 2. Really? Really? Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, the Grandpa's house is almost across the street from the Fog Church and then just down the street from just down the street from the bar uh, is a lot of the, the, the scenes where they're being chased um, and uh, on the other like if you go across the street from the bar behind those buildings is a couple of the alleys where some stuff happens uh, particularly that scene when Mitch Pileggi plays a uh, um, a marine or a, an army guy shooting the, the, the zombies. Right? Yeah, yeah. So there's there's a lot of uh, yeah a lot of locations right in that little spot. Now you did something for Horror Hound for the Return of Living Dead two location, and yeah, that was fun because I went I found that I was the first person I think to find that neighborhood. Wow. And <coughs> I went to the house that was their house in the movie. Uh, where, you know, like they're in the garage and like Forrest Ackerman is a zombie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I walk up and the people that own the house were there and I'm telling them the story. Hey, your house was used in Return of the Living Dead Part 2 and they're like, you're crazy. Our house has never been used in a movie. And I'm like, no, no, it was. And they're like, we're the original owners. We've lived here. We're the first people. We bought this house brand new. It was never used in a movie. And I said, well... Actually, the neighborhood was still being built, so they actually shot a movie here before they sold you the house. And they thought I was crazy, <laughs> and I showed them the footage, and I have my, my player with me, and they're looking at it in their garage, and they're like, holy shit! They, they had no <laughs> idea that the guys that owned the house their entire lives since 1988 had no clue that that movie was shot in their house, and, and they were blown away. That's awesome. That's really cool. See, that's that's part of what I love about what I do is is being the first guy to discover something or or, or turn them on, you know, like do, like t- turn those people on to something they didn't know about. Yeah. But fortunately, it's so hard to do that now because almost everybody's found everything. That yeah, and the internet's system. you know everyone has yeah. everything at their fingertips, you know. Yeah, and everybody, you know, there's tons of different guys out there that do what I do now. 
and you know, I even recruited one of them, Robert Patterson. Who, right. Uh, he he does. He's an avid fan of locations and has been following me for a long time. I brought him on board to help me pick up some slack on the written articles for Horrorhound because sure. I just haven't had the time to keep up with them. I'm sure it's chaos, man. <laughs> yeah, and if you look at the list of stuff that he's done, it like dwarfs what I've done. Like he's like. You know, I may be the guy who was doing it first, but this guy is like really taking it to the next level. Right. <laughs> as far as fandom goes, you know. Sure. And I'm actually from. Uh, I know you went to the Amityville house, the original one. Did Did you? Yeah. For that movie, was it the real one, or did they? Where was that one shot? I don't remember. No, they didn't use the real house uh, for Amityville one, two, and three. They used a house in Tom's River, New Jersey. Okay. That they they built. They, they built a facade over it. Right. Like, <clears throat> Have you ever been to the original? I've been to both, yeah. Wow. See, my uh, a family friend of mine, because I'm from Long Island, she actually lives in Amityville, but I don't think she's ever been to the house. Yeah, my, my girlfriend lives in Long Island. Really? What part? Yeah. Uh, Bay Shore. Okay. And I'm from uh, Comac and, and Holbrook, so. Yeah, so, uh, and oddly enough, I don't know if you know this, the Amityville house just went up on the market for sale. No wow. shit. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. So tempting. Has that been a long time? Or I feel like they just kept it out. It just it just went up on sale like a week ago. Wow. Well, good yeah. luck, whoever owns that. It's like eight hundred and fifty thousand. <laughs> Sounds about like, right for your New York. It's not bad, actually. It's not bad because I think the the, the people that own it now bought it for one point two million, so they're taking a loss. Right. Oh wow. Is there any uh, things that you're working on that you'd like to talk about, if you can talk about, that you want to, if you if you want? Um, well, I mean... Or if you can. Yeah, I mean, I've pretty much talked about all the stuff I have coming out. <clears throat> the only one I'm working on I can't talk about. Gotcha. Uh, until they announce it. But, okay. Um, but, yeah, other than that, you know, I'm just doing the, the convention stuff. <clears throat> You know, convention all stars and and booking people and traveling nonstop. Uh, that keeps me incredibly busy. Um, sure. Sure. But other than that, um, have you ever been to? Uh, I know the the big one. Uh, I grew up in Atlanta. The big one down there is the Dragon Con thing. Have you ever been to that before? You no, know, I've never been to Dragon Con. It apparently has gotten really big. I've ne- I haven't been in years, but no, it's massive. From what I hear, I mean, it's just it's the biggest reason, convention in the southeast. I'm sure. Um, it, it always lands on the same weekend as a couple other shows. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I just never have actually done it. You in know, fact, so that many. I mean, literally, like last weekend, I had people in six different conventions. Huh. Oh shit! Yeah, All this year it's it's uh, Dragon Con. That Days of the Dead in Louisville, which is the first time they're doing it in Louisville, and then they got uh, uh, the Horror Hound. That's all around the early September, so that's all in the same week, basically. And, yeah, uh, I, I don't go to Days of the Dead. Right. Not uh, not not a fan of that one. Um, but uh, I uh, but yeah, there's always there's so many shows going on. It's like there's you know there's no shortage of, of shows to go to. So. Oh, of course. Yeah. The only convention I'm really fond of that I go to every year is the the Mad Monster Party. It's really fun. North Carolina one. Yep. Yeah, no, he puts on a good show. 
Yeah, Joe and uh, Barlow are really awesome guys, and they do they do a really good job of making sure everybody's, you know, uh, having a good time, and they're they're always out there with everybody. It's pretty cool. I enjoy that. Yeah, I haven't. It's funny. I haven't gone to the show yet, but I've I've sent many guests to that show. Really? Yeah, but I haven't personally been there. But I've known Evan for years, so. Um, but I'm yet to make it out to one of their conventions. So, one of these days. Oh, yeah. Sean, we wanted to thank you for doing this. I hope we haven't kept you too long or anything. You've kept me for an hour and 36 minutes. Well, it's been it's been fantastic. I, I, I hope you've enjoyed it. We've had a blast. No, I, I enjoy talking about stuff like this. Yeah, it's fun. I'm, you know, I'm just a big nerd. So, I like <laughs> so are we. The nerds. <laughs> Come hang out with us again. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Anytime. I'm, I. Uh... Oh, you know what? There is one commentary I forgot that I did that, but never got released. Oh, I'd lo- we got to hear about this. Uh, <laughs> it's not that exciting. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> oh no, we did an audio commentary for Black Waters of Echoes Pond, a movie I wrote, produced. Oh, okay. And uh, it was me, the director. Uh, one of the producers, Jason Lockridge, and James Duvall. Uh, He's such a great guy, man. I... Yeah, James, James is awesome. Um, we, we recorded a commentary for it, turned it in to Anchor Bay, also had a really kick-ass making of. We turned in Anchor Bay, and for whatever reason, they didn't put either on the on the release. Weird. And no, it, it, again, that goes back to legal bullshit, you know? Sure. So I... I uh, I've been dealing with that a lot lately on the horse all ground stuff, you know, like especially you know the stuff that you guys and all the fans seem to point out really love, like we do the little spoofs, you know. Right. Um, it just it's been it's getting to the point where we're almost having to stop doing just because it sucks, man. This you know they, they say oh you can't do that you can't add yourself into a scene because it's creating a new property. You know, sometimes they say that, sometimes they let it slide. It's, it's just become there's not, there hasn't been any real consistency on that rule, but we've been trying to stray away from it now, just because we work hard on something, we finish it, we turn it in, we're excited about it, and they go, "Oh, you have to cut that out." And you go, "Oh, are you kidding me?" Like there's an ending to our Halloween two episode that is so fucking awesome, and we've played it at conventions. Uh huh. Uh, and it gets the biggest laugh of anything we've ever done, and it, it just kills me that we had to take it off. I mean, it, it's it so was just funny. a legal thing that they just didn't want it on there. Or? Yeah, you know, I mean, it, you know, again, it's no different than what we did just on the last Village of the Damned episode, where I was playing the little kid. Right. <laughs> it, it, it really was no different than that. It was, it was me added into a scene, and. Uh, for whatever reason, they said no, and we had to cut it. And it sucks. I mean, you know, we we can put this stuff online, and we could, and they, they actually said we could. You know, the Screen Factory said, you know, if you want to put that, if you want to put it online six months after the, the release, you can do that, you know, the uncut version. Right. That, right. You know, that they, they don't care. Um, so, you know, Maybe we will at some point, but uh, yeah, it's. I, I love watching people watch this. Yeah, I think doing scene. it at conventions basically, is a good idea. Yeah. Basically, it's the scene uh, where Jamie Lee Curtis is in bed and Lance Gas comes in 
and and he's kind of touching her hand, right? But when it wakes her up, and he asks her if she wants a coke. <laughs> it's it's that scene, but we put me in the bed, <laughs> so it makes it really awkward and kind of like a little homoerotic. Like, why are you touching my hand? That's and awesome. It, it's, it's just like it. It's really it's so funny the way Andrew Andrew gets all the credit because Andrew cut it together so brilliantly that there's this incredibly long uncomfortable stare between us that's so great <laughs> but oh well uh, you know like I said some people have seen it we've shown it in conventions but we'll have uh, to check it out sometime it yeah yeah it's, it's fucking funny <laughs> well you got any uh, final words before we uh, we let you go uh, um, I guess just uh Thank you to everybody uh, for supporting the Horse All Grounds thing and what we do. And, you know, we literally, we do it for for the fans. And, and to get the feedback is what keeps us going, you know, positive feedback. Um, and uh, we appreciate that. We appreciate that the fans dig it, you know. And, uh, you know, if uh, you want to find out anything about you can go to horrorsallgrounds.com which I think redirects to our Facebook page which right is, yes which is facebook.com backslash horrorsallgrounds and then if you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram it's at malfunction m-a-l-f-u-n-c-s-e-a-n malfunction <laughs> and, very, uh, very witty and, uh, yeah super smart and uh, <laughs> on, on Facebook my, my personal Sometimes you have to to moderate, you know. Yeah, I ha- I, well, I have to because give you a limit on your personal page. Yeah, you hit five thousand, and they, you can't add anymore. Right. So, uh, on my other Facebook page, you can follow me on is facebook.com backslash Sean Clark official because we there know go. there's so many of those fake Sean Clark <laughs> pages out there. I just get inundated with those people trying to start fake Sean Clark accounts because <laughs> so popular. <laughs> That's great. great. That's it. That's really it. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. And I hope I didn't just babble for too long. No, no, it was perfect. perfect Thank, Thank you so much. Hey, this is Sean Clark from Horrors Hallowed Grounds and you are listening to the Phantasm Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>